Welcome to the Chick Foley Show. What is up, Foley fam? We are back with episode 143 of the Chick Foley Show. We are going all in on All Out, and we're going to make up for some lost time with figure news that we missed out on last week. But before we get to any of that, I need to introduce the stars of the show. Sheena, how you doing? Doing good. I just cracked open my first fall beer of the season, so you guys will figure out what that is during the during the beverage break. But I am kicking off fall uh, booze season tonight, so uh, you know, feeling good over here. And it was a perfect day. It was like a nice, cool day. It was like 75 and a little bit gloomy. I was like, dude, it's it's. I'm getting the fall feels. I'm loving it. Tomorrow will probably be like a, th- a thousand degrees, so I can't get too excited. But we did have one cool day. Yeah, it was a nice crisp day. I, I like a fall beer. I like, you know, something maybe like some nutmeg or some nose, maybe a little bit stronger of a stout. I just don't like pumpkin beers. I think it's more of an extension of not really liking wheat beers that much. And most pumpkin beers mm-hmm. are kind of wheat based. Um, mm-hmm. I don't know. The pumpkin beers, they're just like too, you know too sweet for me. So not a big fan. Uh, Marco, how's life up in Massachusetts? Uh, good. I'm, I'm kind of surprised that Sheena broke her, uh, her weather. Uh, I, 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 as, I was, as I was talking about the weather, I was like, Oh my God, I'm talking about the weather, but I feel like this is my once a season where I can like, you know, it's the transition. It was a transitional day. So, you know, yeah. once, uh, once I, one I will leaf not bring the up ground. the weather anymore. Yeah. Once, once one leaf hits the ground, that means it's fall already. So <laughs> That's right. even though summer isn't officially over. All the basic bishes uh, re, uh, yeah. rejoice. <laughs> but yeah, nothing, uh, nothing too crazy over here. Just, just can't wait to get did into. You, uh, did you guys catch any up. of uh, Hurricane Ida up there? No, just like wind and stuff like that. I know New York and New Jersey yeah. it was pretty crazy. Yeah, I was, I was looking at people, videos. So. And, yeah, thoughts yeah. and prayers to everybody who got impacted by that because I've seen some really, really horrible. Uh, stuff especially like from the collectors i've seen some people who's you know had a lot of their collections um you know wrecked and stuff through all that um granted you know everybody you know first and foremost everybody's families are safe and stuff but yeah yeah it does suck when when stuff like that happens so thoughts and prayers to all you guys uh you know we're thinking about you down here in in va and in massachusetts uh sheena remind the listeners they can find you guys on social media you can find me always on Instagram at Chick Foley. Marco is running the Twitter machine over at Chick Foley Show. And most importantly, you can join our Foley fam over at ChickFoleyShow.com. Um, we just recorded our part two of our best tag teams of all time. So we will get that uploaded this week for you guys. Um, we are kicking off season two of our Foley Picks League. That was so much fun during season one. So we got 12 events coming up that we're going to be, you know, uh, picking for and uh you know vying to win a, a cash pot so super excited to get that kicked back off and uh yeah you know we do a lot of buying selling trading per usual and it's just a great group of people so join our foley fam chickfoleyshow.com yeah i'm excited to get uh season two going I, st- I still feel a little bit hot about having the championship from season one stole from me so alex eubank if you're listening uh <laughs> bring it back this year we're, we're actually you know it was such a uh it was such a debacle the way that went down. And I blame myself as commissioner. I really kind of created the situation that allowed him to basically go from, from worst to first. He was basically like, uh, you know, like they'll have the gimmick sometimes where somebody gets like thrown out, but they, they go through the ropes and they just hide under the ring till the end of the battle Royal. That's yeah. what, yeah. that's basically what Alex Eubank did at this. <laughs> I was standing tall 
and he came scurrying out front of the ring and dumped me over the top rope to uh <laughs> to win the championship so we got a brand new playoff format it's gonna be starting off this year but but it's gonna yeah. be a lot of fun and, i was uh, i was telling i was telling david brooks uh this season we should add a, an additional stipulation for phil he should keep up with everybody who has to be reminded to get their picks in on time and uh you know anybody who gets 100 percent in without having to be reminded gets extra points at the end of the season you know <laughs> like a perfect uh, attendance award if you get a perfect I'm, attendance award yeah if you don't have to be reminded but granted i mean i'm, I'm already not i'm gonna go ahead and count those yeah, points me out because I, I know that i will We're be out. horrible i'm gonna have to be reminded <laughs> yeah but i um, always called you guys the divas man being the last one yeah, yeah. Uh, marco what's new with the pod foundation this week uh so uh tonight actually we have a uh, uh turnbuckle tavern uh they're hosting their fig night um and they actually have a special guest uh Chris Metzger, he's the uh, director in packaging design for Jazzwares and the mm-hmm. Unrivaled line. So uh, that was like a live thing that they did, but they usually yeah. – anything that's live, they keep posted on their YouTube page. So. I tuned in for a minute, and it was pretty cool. He was talking about how he designs the packages and stuff, so definitely check that out. Yeah, and um, also, big return. Uh, we have the Extra Cooler show coming back uh, in September uh, weekly, on a weekly basis, which is pretty awesome. Uh, they, you know, took the summer off a little bit, you know, they had some side projects that they had to get done, you know, some business to take care of, but they're going to be back in full swing, uh, coming in September. So can't wait to get those guys back on the, uh, on the airwaves, That's right. as they like to say. I think we got the, uh, the unofficial fourth member of the Chick Foley show making his debut on the Turnbuckle debate this week, right? Yeah, yes. that's right. Uh, yep. The Fig God. Uh, Jordan Wells, uh, they recorded last night, I believe. So he'll be making his debut. They drop every Monday. So the debate will be on Monday. Uh, mine is up now. If you want to hear my musings. Um, about Foley what's going Foley show taking yeah. over the debate. Dude. <laughs> yeah, exactly. That's where, where, the, uh, where, where the go-tos. We're the go-tos <laughs> for the debate. They love to debate with us. So Are we the <laughs> masters? We're, <there> for it. <laughs> we're the master debaters, as I <laughs> to say. But, uh, but yeah, yeah, definitely check out uh, myself. And then on Monday, check out Jordan. I still think Royal Rumble season, man. We need to find a chat platform that can uh, that can host everybody. You know, the entire Pod Foundation. I'm, I'm all the you know the the fully fledged members and you know the associates like Jordan, Thomas Montalto, Mike Belcaster, everybody else. K-Bone. One big battle royale. We'll pick somebody to be like the uh, you know the moderator and just throw out takes, oh, man. man. And bat, you know battle royale style. Whoever has the worst takes keeps getting thrown out. We'll see who the last man left is. <laughs> Oh, make a big, we'll make it a big gauntlet match, you know. <laughs> like, Marco and I, Marco and I, wouldn't last very long. Yeah, we, <laughs> yeah. we, have, we have some seriously hot takes. Yeah, so you can follow you can bit. follow all of the happenings for Pod Foundation at Pod Foundation on Instagram. So make sure you're keeping up there and follow all the individual accounts as well. Shane, you ready to give away some figures? Always. All right, so we are giving away Series One AEW Unmatched God's Favorite Champion current TNT champ. Hey, head over to forbiddenfigurines.com and she is actually she actually has the white and green TNT title in stock. It looks spectacular. We got ours in last week. But we're giving this bad boy away. It was a Patreon exclusive. You ready to announce it, Sheena? Let's go. Item right, hit the drum roll. I hit my drum too early. <laughs> the winner of Unmatched Miro is Rolando Aguayo, buddy. Hit us up. Let us know, uh, get a, give us your address, and we will get this sent out to you ASAP. So congrats, dude. Hell yeah. Yeah, Sheena, show them what we're giving away for next week's episode. All right. Is everybody ready to bask in his glory? Bask oh, in his glory. Yeah. 
we <laughs> the have limitless the, new, one. Sur- the limitless one, the new Survivor Series Elite Keith Lee. This Supposedly was supposedly due for a, uh, a big repackage and a major heel turn if you listen to the dirt sheet. So, yeah, get your uh, baby yeah, face hopefully. Keith Lee while you can. Um, this one. We want to keep the support rolling for our good friends at Ringside Collectible. So if you want to enter to win Keith Lee, just DM a screenshot to either Marco on Twitter or Sheena on Instagram showing that you use the chick Foley code to save 10%. Uh, what do we want to say? We want to go back to uh, to May, take it all summer long. If you use, if you made an order anytime over the summer, uh, you That's get a cool. chance with I'm Keith Lee. That. Does that sound good to you guys? All right. So yeah, if you've yeah. made a Ringside order at any point since, uh, since May using code chick Foley, just send proof of that to Sheena and Marco, and we will announce the winner of Survivor Series Keith Lee at the start of next week's show. Again, we want to remind you guys to use code Chick Foley to save 10% on all your purchases at Ringside Collectibles. And are you guys ready to get into our all-out preview? Let's, let's go. do it. All right, let's do it. So obviously the story of this week, AEW's big flagship pay-per-view is uh, going down Sunday night, which I still haven't gotten a clear explanation on why AEW has gone to Sundays for pay-per-views. They were doing Saturdays for the first handful mm-hmm. of shows, and I loved it. Big fan of yeah. Uh, yeah. of Saturday pay-per-views. So if anybody out there, we know we got some some spies at WWE that listen to this show. Anybody at AEW, <laughs> if you're listening up, give us Saturday nights back. That was just a perfect night it uh, really was. for wrestling. But either way, we're going to be tuned in, ready to watch it. Quick plug for our friends at Turnbuckle Tavern. Like you said, Marco was on uh, the debate this week. They give they have the best AEW podcast out there. So if you really want to hear the experts take on on this show, give them a listen. But if you want to hear some more casual AEW fans, keep it locked right here because we are going to run down every match on this show. So we're going to start it off with a pre-show match. 10-man tag. This is the best friends teaming up with Jurassic Express, Luchasaurus, and Jungle Boy going up against the Hardy family office. Uh, Sheen, this is... Quite the tumble for Orange Cassie. You know, the last pay-per-view, he was fighting for the AEW Championship. Now he's on the pre-show in a 10-man tag. Yeah. Uh, is this just a, a minor setback, or do you think uh, Orange Cassie is settling into more of a mid-card role instead of being a main eventer? I mean, I think they got to shift things around periodically to keep it exciting. I, don't, I definitely don't think this is a step back, per se. Anytime you are, you know, e- even on the pre, pre-show, pre anytime you get pay-per-view time, I mean, you're still one of the the top 0.1% of the of the roster. So I don't think it's a setback. I think it's cool. And I mean, you know, you got Jurassic Express on there. So, I mean, it's like, it's not like he's just on there with a bunch of jabronis, you know, I mean, I thought Jurassic Express was, you know, spearheading into this, uh, this tag team match that we have going on here. So, I mean, they yeah. were, they were still in like, you know, pretty much the, the main event tag team picture, um, up until like this past week. So, um, yeah, I, I don't think this is a step back. It seems like a perfect match to kind of just get the crowd going. Um, should be yeah. a good spot fest, high energy with, the hybrid two and private party over there on the Hardy family office side. Uh, Marco, what do you think? You know, this was, I think it was uh, all out last year when Matt Hardy had his kind of catastrophic uh, concussion and we were all what, and then he came back two weeks later. So he was going for the world championship. That clearly <laughs> hasn't happened in the past year. And now he's finding himself on the pre-show. Um, I'm not a huge fan of the Hardy family office. How about you, man? What do you, what do you think of his new faction where it's just this hodgepodge of tag teams? No, I, I liked it better when they were all separate. You know, private party was doing their own thing. Uh, to they were doing their own thing as well. Mm-hmm. Uh, to hype or I forget the I'm, the hybrid thing, but their names the hybrid. Yes, um, <laughs> they're escaping. They you know they were doing their own thing as well. Um, I think private party on their own was doing a lot better than they yeah. were with uh, with Hardy. But I mean, that's For I sure. mean, I'm not a book. It's or always anything weird like that, to so me no when clue. two there's two tag teams in a faction. I feel like a faction mm-hmm. needs one tag team. I feel like it gets awkward. Right. 
when there's two teams, because then it's like, well, who's going for the belts? You know, at the end of the day, that's got to be the goal for any tag team, right? To be the tag team. Exactly. Champs. Yeah. Um, I kind of like Private Party being Matt Hardy's like, you know, little sidekicks and stuff. They helped him out yeah. in his feud with uh, with Sammy G. But yeah, it feels like pretty much everybody on that side of the match is kind of spinning their tires. Um, yeah. Let's get into some predictions. We will make the disclaimer. For anybody from the Foley Picks League that feels like, you know, you're going to get a leg up by hearing everybody's picks, keep in mind, on the show, this is Sheena and Marco's kayfabe picks. You know, the shoot picks are what goes down in the prediction championship. So, uh, you know, no crying foul if, uh, you know, you actually see their score sheet once it comes out Sunday afternoon and it doesn't 100% match up with what they say on the show. But with, yeah. that, with that little disclaimer, legal disclaimer out of the way, uh, Marco, yeah. who are you picking to win this one? Uh, I'm going to go with the, let's see. Dang, this is how, I mean, can't be the, that hard. The, Come on. I mean, it, All right, Shane, while Marco's the, pondering on it, who yeah, are you yeah, thinking? You, you we'll go first. Yeah. Dude, it's got to be best friends in Jurassic Express. Like, no, no questions about it. They're, they're not going to let, especially Jurassic Express and Orange Cassidy. I mean, Orange Cassidy, you know, I mean, I, I don't think they're going to let them go, go under to the, uh, the Hardy family office by, by any stretch of the imagination. Those guys got way too much star power. So yeah, no question. Yeah. hundred percent. This seems like a match designed to fire up the crowd, get them energized and start off the show on a high note marco we'll kick it to you man <laughs> are you gonna go see, against gonna, the grain so i might go against the grain because we just oh actually spoke gosh. about how how the wheels are spinning how with those are you guys even despite how are you even making this argument just for, right now just for, i mean hey, the numbers don't lie marco, marco, marco did end up very close to the bottom of the uh the picks league standings last time <laughs> I mean, and, so. I, and i did end up tying you at the end of it so we, we won't talk about that um <laughs> <laughs> uh, but I thought no, we I mean, all agree. I thought we all agree that the last weekend was basically just helter skelter, man. <laughs> I don't know. The numbers don't lie, like you said. So, <laughs> I mean, but yeah, I mean, just a, I mean, just a, for shits and giggles. Let's go with, let's go with HFL. Let's see if they, uh, they pull it. It'll definitely be high energy, and then they'll kill the crowd once they get the one, two, three over uh, uh, Luchasaurus and friends. We'll say. All right. Fair enough. Up next, John Moxley going against Kojima from uh, New Japan. I'm not super familiar with this guy's work. Marco, give me hype for this match. Um, I'm not super familiar either. I know he's <laughs> I know he's one of the elder statesmen of New Japan. They made it uh, seem like a big deal on AEW. You know, I know no, he, I know there's some hardcore uh, New Japan fans who are like you know throwing stuff at their phone right now hearing this. But uh, yeah, yeah I, I mean, I don't know a lot about Kojima. I mean, we're not we're not treating him like he's like nobody. He definitely yeah. Like I said, he's definitely one of the the he's older somebody. guys from the yeah. He's definitely one of the older older guys in the company. Um, and he definitely does have a name because even John Moxley brought that up um, in his promo. Uh, when he said, like, basically, like, a, some old bastard stepped up and stepped up to the plate and wants to well, fight Well, it was me, kind so. of like the bait and switch, right? <laughs> Wasn't he supposed to be fighting Tanahashi, and then it just, some, for some reason, it didn't didn't work out or something they like that. They that for so, Wrestle Kingdom. That, to me, that's like a Wrestle Kingdom main event. Oh, I yeah. I think that's a, a match in the mid-card of All Out. Sheen, you're our yeah, resident so. New Japan expert. What, yeah. are your, what are your thoughts on Kojima coming over for this match at All Out? So... I don't think Mox is going to let Kojima just come into his house and get this yeah. one-off win. I mean, Mox is conditioned, um, you know, he he's a freaking, you know, combat veteran for these big shows. And uh, I just feel like he's usually in a much more major role in these type of shows. So I have no doubt that he's going to come in, do the damn thing, and just make make quick work of, of Kojima because, you know, again, he's used to being in the the uh, main event of these type of shows. So I don't think this early on mid card match is going to be any issue for him. Yeah, I agree. I don't see any way Mox loses this one. Let's go on to Paul White. No more BS. No more big show. 
going yep. up against QT Marshall Sheen. Are you hyped up for the big show slash Paul White's return to the squared circle? Does anybody care about this match? No offense, but does I mean no. I feel like with the with the quality of matches on this card, this really feels out of place. Um, I mean, there's really, I mean, the build's been weird. It was just the whole thing with the gun club this past week. Like, I yeah. don't know. Um, I think, I think we're going to see Big Show go over. I think we're going to get, or Paul White, I think we're going to get a, you know, big old choke slam and, you know, kind of get some feel good nostalgia. But uh, yeah, I don't think UT Marshall stands a chance. Yeah. yeah. I think, uh, I think old Paul's going to be out to prove something, man. You know, he had, a nice little series of matches with Braun Strowman there towards the tail end of his uh, in-ring WWE career. Um, but yeah, QT Marshall just doesn't do it for me. That I think Cody thought giving him the rub was going to make make him seem like a big deal, and it just hasn't. Uh, what do you What do you think, Marco? Yeah, no, I, I was I was almost going to say QT just because um, Big Show was there to basically you know kind of put over their the other talent, not so much take the win. Like, what if he wins? What does that take him? Does he is that one yeah. step closer to a world title? Like, is he supposed to be in the world title picture? So I don't think a win really would even matter to him, essentially. So I mean, I could see QT Marshall going over. I mean, this like, guy is this guy is uh, like five months away from being fifty years old. What's so. the big yeah. uh, What's the big Hercules looking dude name in QT Marshall's faction? Nick Camaramos or something like that. Yeah. What if uh, I can see maybe maybe he checks Big Show at the end? That, that I'd be more intrigued by uh, that match then. Yeah, you know there's gonna be Marshall. shenanigans. There's yeah. gonna be like shenanigans with his faction coming in and trying and helping is this him. This is where like, uh, conspicuous by his absence on the card is Cody. Marco, you're the biggest Cody fan here. Probably the biggest Cody <laughs> fan I know, as a matter of fact. Uh, is this where we're gonna see Cody at? Is he gonna make an appearance during this match? Um, he might. I mean, he had that dramatic, uh, um, you know, final his final words before Malachi Black ended his uh his speech. So it was in question: <laughs> was he retiring? Was yeah. he not? Uh, so I mean, what perfect time for all out for uh, the the American Nightmare Cody Rhodes to make his his debut, his yeah. rebirth. We like to say, I can see back it. in the. Uh, <laughs> I feel like we needed like the men's casino battle royale on the show as well, man. There's some big names that aren't on here yeah. between Cody, uh, Hangman, Malachi Black. Like, how is Malachi Black not on this card? It's yeah, his, I was really, know, I was really curious debut, about his absence. Like, yeah. Yeah, I, I don't get it. I feel like you give me a Malachi Black against the against Paul White or something instead of freaking QT Marshall. So yeah, I, don't know. I mean it's a testament to the quality of the roster AEW's got going right now that that's the the level of people that are getting left off. But uh, yeah, it's kind of weird that there's absolutely nothing for him to do on this show. But maybe we'll see him come out and you know confront somebody as a surprise. Um, yeah. I just mentioned it. Let's roll right into the women's casino battle royale. Uh, okay. To me, there's no real front runner on this. When I was looking at the roster of ladies that are going to be involved, um, I don't know, Marco. What do you what do you think, man? Who do you see coming out on top of this one? I mean, Jade is in this, right? Yeah, Jade. Yeah, she's definitely winning this. I no think so. Way. Anyway, no, you don't think so? Freaking no, way. no. You don't think Jade Cargill's winning? She ain't ready. I'm sorry. No, she's not. I mean, that, they they said the same thing about Bianca Belair when she was. Uh, starting out and getting no, title but shots and Bian- stuff like that. But the the difference is is Bianca at least had some charisma and some mic skills. Jade Jade is like stiff and she's still like not doing it. You know what I mean? What's uh, what's her um gimmick like the she's the uh, heifer. 
She's the heifer. She's the heifer. Yeah. Uh, but I mean, there's no one else on this in this battle royal. That, I mean, we, we obviously, got a couple. Like, we got. I mean, we got, we got Thunder Rosa. We got freaking uh, Anna J. We possibly have um, Big Abaddon. Ruby, Ruby Soho. Abaddon. And we got we got a couple of TBDs too, man. You got you know you still got the Joker. AW likes to give us a surprise. I know. Yeah. You, last, still, you know, last time it was freaking Leo Rush. I know that was a little bit of a letdown, but you but got still. the Iconics out there. You got freaking. I mean, I don't think. I don't True. think this is. I don't think this is right. But but I think. I think she's going to show up with Miro. But you still got freaking um, Lana slash CJ, CJ Perry. Lana's, you know what I mean? Yeah. Like Tessa Blanchard's still out there. Tessa Blanchard is still out there. Yeah. yeah I, I no. I, I don't I'm think. I mean, you may be so. wrong. I may be eating my words, but I don't think there's any way that, that Jade is winning this. They're too. pushing her a lot. So you're going. With hey, Jade. you guys. Who, who's hey. your pick, Sheen? Um, I'm going to go, I'm going to go with Thunder Rosa. I think this is going to give us another, another shot at Thunder Rosa versus Brit. I think that's, uh, you know, I mean, TBD is obviously, you know, the, a safe bet, especially coming in at the number, you know, whatever, 21 spot or whatever. But, uh, yeah, I'm going to go with Thunder Rosa. I'm going with, uh, go ahead, Marco. Hey, remember last time when I, uh, said that Tamina and, uh, (laughs) (laughs) and, uh, and what do you call it? Natalia. Natalia. You know, we're That's being true. To that win the, the titles. And you guys are like, no way. What are you talking about? That's they have true. nothing going on. And then what happened? And you're two, uh, two years on the show. You did have that one time. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going with a TBD. It's somebody we haven't seen in a few months. I'm, I'm going with Brandy. I think Brandy's like, you know what? I just saw Becky Lynch come back from oh, giving birth to win the title last week. Gosh, I got this reality show. Uh, I got this reality show that's kicking off here in a few months. Uh, yeah, what? what oh, you know, that, in her mind, she's did probably she thinking bring, the fans she are just going to awesome give her. A, her? A, yeah, in, in her mind, he, she's thinking the fans are going to give her just a hero's welcome. Uh, as she comes back, oh and, and yeah, she somehow comes in and steals this thing and wins it. So, Ugh. I would love to just see the internet melt. I would love to see the conflict between fans who just hate it and shit all over it, and then the, the also the the super hardcore AEW fans who can just refuse to see anything who negative, like how, it, yeah. how they spin it. That <laughs> it's not a total negative. You I'll know, Marco Marco sides. would be the one defending it. He'd be like, you know, oh, she's yeah, Mrs. Co- she's Mrs. Sides. Cody Rhodes, little brand brand. Yeah. She's gonna, you know, <laughs> oh, little yeah, brand, what, yeah, what no, better little... way? To, what better way to kick off the first episode of uh, what is it? Roads to the top or whatever? Is that yeah, the name I of their to... reality show? Yeah, it's I something to... like that. It's some kind oh, of. I think a new, gosh, I think a new show on. I think a new show on the Pod Foundation is going to be a Roads to the Top recap show. I'm going to get. I'm going to get. I'm going to see if I can get with that Turnbuckle Tavern and we can get that going and see what happens. <laughs> they would probably do it. They recap everything else, man. Call it like side roads or something like that. You know? Side, side roads. roads. Listen, yeah. I, I wouldn't totally be against that. I love me some trashy reality TV. So um, I, I might totally be down for a, a spinoff uh, Cody and Brandy Rhodes recap show. Yeah. Um, let's before I don't even want to let that idea get off the ground. Let's move on to the next match. <laughs> Chad, uh, we Chad, Chris if you're Jericho. listening, we're here for it. <laughs> we got Chris Jericho putting his career on the line against MJF. Now, this one, I think this kind of collectively had us all puzzled when they announced the five labors mm-hmm. of Jericho. I think we were all kind of thinking, okay, so he's going to go through these five matches, and then if he gets through all of them, he'll face MJF at the pay per view. But the fifth labor was just a match against MJF, so kind of weird. How they booked this one out? I don't know if something ha- something fell through and they just changed it on the fly, but yeah. either way, we're getting Chris Jericho and MJF one last time. But we do got the added intrigue that it's possibly Jericho's last match. Um, Shane, what, what do you think, man? Is MJF going to do it and be the one to put uh, the Lionheart down for good? 
I don't know, man. You know, the beauty of this match is that it actually feels like it could go either way. Like, you know, I, I, like part of me is like, maybe maybe Jericho really is like, you know, kind of ready to hang it up for a little while. And, you know, he's he's ready to pass the torch to MJF. Um, but in kayfabe, I feel like, you know, they're, they're really, they've really talked up like, you know, everybody's kind of upset that Jericho put his uh, his career on the line. They can't believe he's doing it, blah, blah, blah. Um, and MJF has, has had uh, Jericho's number up to this point, you know? So I feel like this is going to be Jericho's big moment, you know? And with everybody, I, I just don't think AEW is ready is not is ready to give up being able to sing Judas, you know, at, at a at a live show. You know what yeah. I mean? Like I can't imagine a show where they're not going to sing Judas. So, and with you know all this uh, upcoming talent in the future, you know, we got Punk now potentially Bray Wyatt, Daniel Bryan, all these people. Like you know, wouldn't it be awesome to see Jericho kind of in, infused with these guys? So, um, I'm going to go with this. Maybe an unpopular opinion. I don't know what everybody else is thinking out there, but I think Jericho is going to pull it off, and I think he's going to win this thing. Yeah, storyline wise, I feel like MJF's almost got to win. Um, you know, he lost his yeah. big feud against Mox. This is really yeah. kind of the next storyline that he pivoted into, and I, unless like something goes wrong with the Pinnacle and Jericho kind of steals a victory, it feels like this should wrap up. And it's been a feud worthy of it. You know what I mean? This mm-hmm. this has been a pretty epic feud with a lot of twists and turns. This is the type of storyline. If you're gonna have it be your last one, um, I, I think it's definitely worthy of it. But like you said, I think there's still a lot of money to be made and, um, you know, there's still a little bit of juice left to squeeze out of Chris Jericho coming out. But yeah. even if he's uh, even if his in-ring career is gone, you know, he could still kind of manage inner circle. He could still be a commentator. So you can still get the music and it's wrestling. I mean, there's never been a yeah. retirement. There's never been a retirement stipulation that you can't work yourself out of. We could still see Jericho wrestling three or four times a year if even if uh, he ends up losing. But I agree yeah. with you, Sheen. I'm kind of up in the air. I'm very interested to see which way this goes. It doesn't feel like Jericho's career should be over yet, but mm-hmm. this feels like the type of storyline that it could go out on. Um, hmm. If he does end up, you know, laying down for the three second tan, as uh, John Cena would say, <laughs> uh, Marco, where, where do you rank Jericho at all time? Let's say Sunday night's his last match ever for you. Is he is he top five, top ten, top twenty? Where, where does he stack hmm. up with you? Because he he's kind of a tricky one to rank. I mean, I think I said this. I'm, gonna, I'm actually going to gonna give a definitive answer, and I think he is going to lose mm. on Saturday. There was too many things pointing to him losing. Him saying, like, you know, he started his main event career in Chicago, and what better way to end it in Chicago? Yeah. Um, and then he pointed out, like, if he does, you know, lose, he will do the best job as a commentator. And then there's a story out there floating around that Jim Ross is actually – stepping away a little oh, bit like he's, Jericho has he's actually been great on commentary yeah so there's, there's a story out there that Jim Ross is actually stepping back from commentary like he's gonna do it a lot less than he was so what better oh, way yeah. to have Jericho step in and take that to take that role with you know Tony Schiavone and you know next caliber so who I mean there's a lot of things pointing to him actually losing but then again yeah it's Jericho and he probably could win he's been looking def- old too his last handful of matches like the age is really starting to show yeah I mean it, it, he obviously has his band and stuff like that too he has a, he has a Jericho yeah. cruise that he he does so there's a lot of things that he's doing and like you said he he could he doesn't have to fully retire he can like you know someone could like test him and come out of retirement for one match and then go back to right. do whatever he's doing but um I'd probably I think I, we had this conversation before on the show I'm, I'm a huge fan of Jericho. I think he's definitely top five. He's he's definitely transcended decades, um, and, and he he's he's well known. I mean, I think I got some people mad when I said he was more that he was he was a goat over Ric Flair. Um, he's pretty much he's neck and neck, if anything, to me anyway. Um, just with the like I said, the amount of time he's had in the business, um, 
and just him keeping his name out there, him being in the like being the meme with that, you know, the little bit of the bubbly thing, like yeah. him just yeah. keeping his name out there and constantly uh, reinventing himself, trending, well. yeah. yeah, reinventing, changing his character whenever yeah. he wants to and whenever he can, yeah. And he's, again, he's, he's like one of those new. guys, not to give anything away of like what we talked about in our tag team episode, but, you know, we kind of talked about how the New Day, you know, everything they touch turns to gold. And I think yeah. um, Jericho is one of those people, too. Like he can get any gimmick over no matter how like yep. fringe or crazy. I mean, the list of Jericho, you know, the yeah. um, the KO, the best friends gimmick. I mean, all, anything that he does is just, you know, and like you said, the bubbly. Um, yeah. He's just people just buy what he's selling, you know, and I think yeah. that takes a really special type of person, a really genuine type of person to be able to like, you know, convey I, that to where people want to like legit invest and spend their money buying the the shit that you're selling. Yeah. And I think if you want to really skyrocket MJF, you definitely give him the win over Jericho. If you like if you really want him to be like that homegrown main megastar mm-hmm. out of AEW, which it seems like they're doing. Um, he has all the tools. Yeah. And I think That's Jericho he can always, of, he can always hang his hat on that. Like I was the guy yep, that ended Jericho's yep, career. Same yeah. way, uh, similar to like Brock and in the undertaker streak. You know what I mean? That's more like when, that you can always, more like when Baron Corbin, yeah. uh, hung up, uh, Kurt Angle's career. You can, uh, hang your hat on that <laughs> as well. So no, <laughs> I know that's forgotten. Yeah. Seen it. <laughs> yeah. To me, Jericho, I always kind of liken him like to, you know, we're big football fans here and we, and, um, like the argument for the best running back ever. I look at Jericho as like an Emmitt Smith type, you know, there were guys for Emmitt Smith. There were guys who were more spectacular, like Barry Sanders or Walter Payton, but Emmitt was just the best for the longest. You know, he was steady for way longer than anybody else was. Yeah. Always consistent. Like, like uh, Sheena said, man, everything Jericho touches to gold. Marco, you pointed at how he's constantly reinvented himself throughout the years, staying relevant now really over 25 years, been in a prominent role across three different companies, well, really four different companies. You can start with ECW, then WCW, WWE, and now AEW. Yep. Uh, and then you got some New Japan and Smoky Mountain Wrestling mixed in there as well. So, yeah, yeah. definitely well, a legend. Even just outside of the ring, just think about all of the stuff he's been involved with even outside of the ring. You know, like his, yeah. his podcast, all the dark side of the ring stuff. Like, you know, he's he and, and Fozzie, you know, he's like, yeah. he does all of this stuff. It's pretty crazy just how much this guy does, you know? Yeah, when it's all said and done, he's definitely in my top ten wrestlers of all time and i think uh you know hopefully we get a few more i, I don't think i'm ready for sunday yeah. to be his last match regardless of yeah everything else we've discussed let's move to the women's championship it's going to be Britt baker dmd her first defense on pay-per-view going up against chris statlander uh marco just give me some of your quick thoughts on this match um i definitely think Britt baker is walking out with a title i don't think she's losing anytime soon mm-hmm. uh chris statlander is definitely going to give her a run for her money that's definitely her toughest um, opponent yet anyway until she you know steps into the ring with um like i said jade no i'm joking yeah um i mean well jade is like built as a powerhouse anyway so <laughs> we'll see what happens with that um but yeah i, I definitely think Britt baker's winning and i mean that's pretty much is to it she's not letting go of that title anytime yeah i soon. think i think chris statlander is a is a fine you know title contender i think she's you know perfectly good for this for this show and this match um but i just don't see any world where Britt baker's ready to give up that title yet they've really put a lot of they've invested a lot of time and money and you know into building her and she's really shown that she she's rising to the occasion too which is awesome you know it's not just they're not just pushing her just for the sake of pushing her she's really showed up and showed us that she's she's worthy of being the women's champion so um even though she's a credible challenger i i'm going Britt baker all the way for this yeah, this feels like standard Pro Wrestling 101, like first challenger on, on pay-per-view type match where yep. it's a way to keep Britt Baker's momentum going. And it also establishes Chris Statlander 
as a viable championship contender, like Sheena said, you know, so she's probably going to come up short on Sunday, but now we've seen that she can give the champ a run for her money and five, six, seven months from now, when she builds herself back up for a rematch, it's going to be that much better. And you got a little bit of backstory to build off of when they go at it. Yeah. So I don't think a lot more needs to be set off this one. This next match is one that I am pretty hyped for the mic work mm-hmm. uh, that we saw on Wednesday in a little promo package was pretty epic. We got the mad King, Eddie Kingston going up against Miro Sheen. Give us your uh, take on this match. I'm just going to say really quickly, I'm very surprised. I was making sure that I was seeing the right match on our little list here because I was like, wait, Seth's excited for an Eddie Kingston match? Like, what, what world are we in right ring now? You know? I like Eddie Kingston. I just hate the ring gear, man. His ring gear is just horrible. So maybe he's going to debut something else. I have else. heard you say Eddie Kingston doesn't do it for me. I agree. The ring gear is not good. Um, I do like the Mad King. The Mad King is mage. Like, I think like that, yeah. you know, just like saying he's the Mad King gimmick for all my Game of Thrones homies out there. Like, I, I love yeah. that. Um, you guys but, know Mox is my number three favorite wrestler besides Seth and Roman. I love Mox. Like, I feel like I have like an emotional connection with that dude. And even yeah. though the fucking pyro ended up being weak as hell, when Eddie King <laughs> came out to save him, that would have been like one of the all time mage wrestling. Yeah. If, that, if that pyro would have went off, Eddie Kingston would be the biggest baby face in the biz right now, man. Cause that yeah. was just yeah. such an awesome story. Cause there had been no reconciliation between him and Mox. Um, before that happened you know like they were still like bitter rivals as far as we know but he still came running out there to save him when he thought you know mox was gonna get blown sky high or whatever it ended up just being horseshit less said about that the better but just to (laughs) clarify that that it was at that moment that eddie kingston became over for me true and they did they did make the best out of it that they could you know what i mean they they made chicken salad out of that so uh you know shout shouts to uh to mox and eddie kingston and i will say proudly that uh, marco and i have been day one-ish eddie kingston oh yeah eddie kingston fans so um this is going to be an insane match um i think it's going to be so good i can't wait for it um i think we're just getting started with miro though i i think we have a lot more i think he's settling in for for a long title reign and as much as i love the mag king uh eddie kingston i think miro is gonna is gonna walk away with this one man yeah marco yeah. what do you think man any chance eddie kingston steals the tnt by, uh belt i mean I, I made that mistake before when he faced uh, <laughs> uh dean ambrose I, I i went with uh eddie king because the same thing with you like he has like he has that like emotional connection like he like he makes the, you want to make why, him yeah you want him to win you know always yeah, like, i feel like, like you always root for him but something you're just like your your gut your head is telling your heart is telling you to go with eddie <laughs> but your head is telling yeah. you like mm, yeah maybe no. not he has that, yeah. He has that thing where, like, like you said, like he just see, like, they, like Moxley, and they just seem real, like just regular, like authenticity, real dudes. man. Yeah, the yes. they can dude. It's just, yeah, it's real, it's, man. You, you can tell, like, exactly. real, recognize real, as they like to say. That's a, that's a term. You can definitely yep. tell, like, what you see on TV with them is what you get. It's not, right. It's not a gimmick. Um, everything that they say is, you know, it comes from the heart, essentially. So, with that being said. I'm going with Mero as, <laughs> as the winner of this. Just like, yeah. like you, like you said, I want to pull for Eddie. It'd be, I'd be, I'll, I'll jump out of my seat if he yeah. wins, if he actually wins a TNT champion, because I think he definitely deserves some type of like big accolade um, at some point in AEW. But uh, Mero's a stud. It's not. It's not going to be on Mero's Sunday. on fire right now, man. <laughs> yeah, he's yeah. he's gonna he's gonna be the character work, the bad. in-ring work, the look. Like <laughs> yeah. everything is clicking for right now. Like we thought it could never get yeah. better than WrestleMania 31, making the entrance on the tank. But I think yeah, he's he's yeah. peaking right now, so he's having a moment. Yeah, exactly. 
Do you right, guys think we see Lana? Is her 90 days? I think it's like her 90 days is like coming up to an end right at uh, the same time as uh, All Out. So do you think she magically appears with him? I, or? I think we see Lana the first time when it really looks like Miro is going to lose. I, I don't think Eddie Kingston's quite got to that point. I think we're going to see Lana the first time when like somebody's about to take the belt from him and that's when she shows up to help him out. I if, don't if know, I'm man. Booking he's it, he's been talking about it. her every week. He he mentions her. He drops a, a Lana bomb every week or a CJ bomb <laughs> or whatever it is she's going to go by, you know. He, yeah, he, he has, talks about but it. I just, I don't think Eddie Kingston's the one. I think it's going to be sometime when it's really time for him to lose, but I wouldn't be shocked if we saw her because you're right. He has been mentioned as, you know, his hot wife every single week. Yeah. Let's go to the big one, the AEW Championship, Kenny Omega versus Christian Cage. Now, this is another one similar to MJF and Jericho that we basically got a full-fledged version of this match on the first episode of Rampage when they fought for the Impact Championship, and Christian actually won that belt from Kenny Omega, the belt collector, by hitting the unprettier through the steel chair. Um, Marco, what do you think, man? I, I'm a, I'm a little bit lukewarm on this, even being the pay per view match for the AEW Championship. I just feel like there's some more. I like Christian okay, but I feel like there's some more compelling characters out there. Um, what <coughs> do you think, man? How do you see this one going down? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, yeah I think uh, so. I was looking at like a listing of like the matches, and it does look like this is the main event with CM Punk and Darby being the co-main event. That's what it looks like. Anyway, the way they listen, it may, it's I mean, it makes like, sense, like, you know, because even though like, you may like one match over another, I mean, I feel like there's got to be a title defended on the main. I event, yeah, like, you know? yeah, I mean, we can go well, ahead and uh, we were going to get in this a little bit later on, but we can go ahead and bring it up right now. I feel like any of these last three matches we're going to discuss are viable main events. Kenny Omega yeah. and Christian, Young Bucks and the Lucha Bros, CM Punk and Darby Allin. We can kind of fast forward and just roll it all into one. Um, what do you guys yeah. think should be the main event? So, Marco, do you, you think it should be Omega and Cage? I think so. Just, I mean, that's the way they do it anyway with AEW. They, they take like the Japan style of their pay per views and they put, you know, all the they put all the title matches at the end of the, at the end of the. They the build to a crescendo. So, Remember, yeah. we did have Stadium Stampede was the main event uh, last time. Yeah, so mm. but they did have be, a. Con- so I think the, that's another the point in your favor. Of that match, I, I think, are a little bit different. Yeah, and that was I, a and I, So I can't see him yeah. going. I can't see him going too straight. Pay-per-views yeah. not having the championship in the main event. So that, yeah, I yeah. tend I tend to think that, yeah, you're probably right. Now, what should be, I think CM Punk and Darby out. It should yeah, be the main I event agree. all night long, oh, yeah. man. Uh, that's the most anticipated match. Darby's earned it. Darby's probably the most overacting AEW right now. Um, that's what I would put. How about you, Shane? What do you think? Yeah, 100%. CM Punk versus Darby Allen. And, you know, the, the thing about it is, is you're going to, like, nobody's going to leave until they see Darby Allen versus CM Punk. You know, so if you yeah. put that on three matches before the end of the show and you bring everybody up to that, like, fever pitch, dude, it's I think it's really going to take a lot out of people for those last two matches, you know, and it's, it's going to yeah. take a lot for people, especially, I mean, I guess it might be, it'll probably be the second to last match because I can't imagine that they would put the Young Bucks versus Lucha Bros after that because, like, it, it, that's just going to be exhausting. You know, I mean, I, I feel like yeah. um, I feel like that's just too much. But, yeah, CM Punk versus Darby should definitely be. I mean, CM Punk's first match in seven years. So I think it's it's definitely worthy of uh, the main event spot. You also have to go by, like, how – obviously, it's just, it, like you said, it's his first match in seven years. How, like, it, it, the rust – 
How, how, what's he been yeah, doing on the outside? You, like, you, you don't want to, you may, you like, don't want to risk uh, sending folks home yeah. on a stinker if CM Punk doesn't deliver. True. Yeah, exactly. That's a good so, point, but I mean, but I mean, wouldn't that I mean, be, wouldn't that be in true AEW fashion for them to have some sort of like you know botch <laughs> ending? You know, the main <laughs> weird. Yeah, the main uh, event has been weird the last two pay per views. Man, the Stadium um, Stampede was kind of like, eh, it was a little weird, and then. uh yeah, obviously we remember what happened at the uh, the exploding nuclear barbed wire death, death match. I mean, I would probably yeah. say, uh, yeah, that was oh, that was awful. But I, I would probably so- say you could either go in concurrence. You could either go like the the Lucha Bros match, um, CM Punk, and then Kenny Omega, or you could just flip flop and go CM Punk, then the Lucha Bros match, then the Kenny Omega match because you'll have because that's the the the. The uh, the, the punk and Darby Allen match is going to be like that that low impact match. It's not going to be crazy and high flying and all that stuff. Obviously, Darby Allen's a high flyer, but they're not. It's not going to be as crazy as the the Bucks and the Lucha Bros. That's yeah. going to be like that match. That's going to be like everyone's going to be like up out of their seats. But then you're going to need that like down match. Yeah, you're going to gonna like need something after again. the Bucks and Lucha Bros. Yeah, that that's yeah. going to be a straight up yeah. spot fest. That one's going to be exhausting. Um, yeah. I mean, we've I seen could... it a million times, but yeah, adding the cage in there is going to add a whole new. A whole new element. Oh yeah, yeah, definitely. Um, if Kenny Omega and Christian go last, that could be a little bit of a uh, a tipper. Because I mean, are you guys in yeah. agreement? I don't really see any way Christian wins the AEW Championship. Are you guys in agreement on that? Omega's, yeah, Omega's Kenny Omega. Exactly. Kenny Omega. Um, but there's him. a yeah. you know there's a hot free agent that's out there that's rumored to sign with oh, AEW, yeah. and I'm not sure there's much better ways you could end the show than having this guy come out and confront Kenny Omega oh, and close boy. it out. Um, <clears> what do you guys think, man? It, will we see? Uh, you know, Brian Danielson, and if so, where's he going to show up? Sheen, I'll kick it to you first, man. What do you think? Uh, you know, we're going to see this guy oh. just, you know, Mark Henry comes out and says, hey, we got a big announcement, and then here comes Daniel Bryan, no, or do you oh think he's going to come no. out and uh, con- confront Kenny Omega or CM Punk or something? What What, what do you see for uh, Brian Danielson this Sunday night? Well, um, my, my initial thought was kind of like, you know, maybe maybe put him in like, you know, not not to put him like right at the top of the card, you know, against like CM Punk or, um, you know, Kenny Omega, like maybe maybe have him come out after the Miro match and, you know, confront Miro. Um, but also I think there would be no better way to send people home. Like you guys alluded to than like, you know, Kenny Omega wins, you know, has a great match with Christian. And then all of a sudden you just, I don't know what music he's going to use. I don't know if that, uh, you know, if, if they got final countdown, supposedly they've already paid for the the final countdown. So he, yeah, you gotta go final countdown. Yeah. That was his music on the Indies. Yeah. Flight of the Valkyries was just a WWE thing. So yeah, you're going to hear, yeah. Like Murray said, yeah. So, yeah. I mean, I would I would lose my mind because you guys know I'm also a, a Daniel Bryan lover. Ever since I've been back in the fold with wrestling, I've been a Daniel Bryan lover. Um, so I feel like if he came out and confronted Kenny Omega, I'm gonna I'm I'm gonna leave the pay per view happy no matter what yeah, happens. Gonna, I think it's gonna happen. I think it's it, the American Dragon's making his return. Either I mean, either him or Bray Wyatt. Who knows? But. I, I, I think Daniel Bryan would be a better Daniel fit for, would, for that yeah. than, you know. You got a few better, we, guys we can see. We got Daniel Bryan, Buddy Murphy's out there, Braun Strowman, and then Adam well, Cole, Bra- you know. They teased, they started well, doing a little true. bit of Adam Cole tease on Wednesday night. The well, only Braun's the only thing about too. Adam Cole is like, then it's so yeah. you think it's just like, yeah. again, it's that heel versus heel dynamic versus like Brian, Daniel Bryan, Daniel Bryanson. <laughs> <laughs> Brian Danielson coming in as like, you know, the, the biggest a, baby face uh, in, yeah. in the company, I think. Yeah. I see Adam Cole showing up more. I actually see him kind of inserting himself in like the upper mid card right away. Come in with Britt, do something with Britt Baker and mm-hmm. then make a few of that where, yeah, Daniel Bryan, he seems like he's ready to go right to. 
the main event. Um, I've been seeing on some of the dirt sheets that it's looking like um, Braun and Bray may actually end up going to Impact. Impact is making yeah. a hard push. I, I, that's what I was actually going to say. Both yeah. of those guys, which, you know, AEW is definitely the place to be right now. But, you know, we all know money talks. So maybe if Impact's mm-hmm. just backing up the Brinks truck to those guys, they can get them in at least for, for a short stint. And you could always give yeah. them some kind of contract that allows them to appear, uh, appear at other places like the uh, like the Good Brothers are doing right now. Yeah. yeah. And that's one yeah. good thing. That's one good thing about, you know, AEW and Impact having this really great working relationship is that, you know, you don't have the to feel open bummed floor out. Plan. That's what they're calling it. It's not the yeah. forbidden door anymore. Now it's the open floor plan. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You can, uh, you know, you don't feel you won't feel bummed because it's, it's going to be really hard for me, even if Bray Wyatt is there. I mean, I'll keep up with it, you know, like I said, on the fringes, but it's going to be really hard for me to tune in to to impact on the regular. So, uh, you know, it would be nice if there was a crossover of some sort. Yeah. Anyways, we're super hyped for Sunday night. We'll definitely be watching it. Uh, Sheena, we got a big meal planned out for this. You know, the food yep. and drinks a big part of wrestling. Tell them about uh, the Poke Fest we got planned for for Sunday night. Yeah. What what pay per view did we do this for last time? It was uh, WrestleMania. Was it WrestleMania? Oh yeah, because we did yeah, Poke WrestleMania. Was last right. time we did, po- yeah, we did Poke Mania. Yeah. So for those of you who don't know, Seth and I lived uh, on Oahu for like over six years. So we got we got we fell in love with poke and there's really no places here that you can get like authentic Hawaiian, like poke no. bowls. Um, it's just not the same, you know, I mean, they're, they're good. They, they, you know, get the job done essentially, but they're not like, you know, what you would get in, in Hawaii. So the great thing is to- poke is super easy. It's got a, it's a very low entry level as far as like, you know, at least put some on the plate, you know, Sheena's got some super, yeah. Super gourmet uh, dishes, but yeah, if you can find some decent fish, you can make your own poke. Yeah, so we're doing we do like a big variety mix of like all different types of poke. You know, we do spicy, and you do a shoyu mix. Um, we do fried garlic, so we we do it all out. And then we have these amazing Havea chips. They're like basically tortilla chips, but they have a little bit of soy baked into them. And we eat like poke nachos, uh, and we we make some rice too, some sushi huh. rice too. But yeah, we make like little poke nachos. Yeah, Dude, for those so, who don't know, poke so on a corn like the a corn chip is like the ideal delivery mechanism for a poke because you know poke not is like kind of like a frito not like a frito like a not like no a no, no you want like, like a tortilla chip yeah yeah, yeah like a uh like it, you want to go something like restaurant style not like too much salt you really just want to get like a basic chip but it's it's yeah. excellent it just the the texture the taste everything is perfect so yeah you um, making any special any special dining plans for uh for sunday marco you guys get um, don't you guys normally get deliver don't you get pizza on pay-per-views yeah. So, so the funny thing is, my uh, wait, it, since it's Labor Day weekend, uh, one of my friends usually has like a, like a, like a friends and family like, like cookout like slash party type of thing. So yeah, probably going that early in the afternoon, and then bring you home some leaving. leftovers. Yeah, just leaving. Just <laughs> see you later. I gotta watch. I have to watch all the Irish goodbye. Yeah. Just kind of slowly fading oh, in yeah, the background, just, like no big yeah. hugs or exits. Because I, I hate oh, when yeah, people try no. to talk me into staying at places. Yeah, yeah, my my, uh, my wife's notorious for her. she's like the she's a master at uh at the Irish goodbye. She just leaves. She's you want to leave? Yeah, sure. And then we just take off, and that's it. It's like beautiful. You don't have to like say bye to anyone. It's see, I'm the opposite. It's, it's, I say bye it's, to it's everybody. Perfect. Yeah, I've, I mean, I've you know, started training. Sheena, in, Sheena's gotten better at it, but it used to be like leaving was like a 35 minute exercise. You know? Oh yeah, me. see that's uh, yeah. You just gotta <laughs> you, go. You, gotta, you, gotta, you, gotta, you end up talking to people, no. and first off, they <laughs> beg you to stay. You got to talk them out of that. Then they start making yeah. plans for the next time you're going to get together. And I'm just like, no, dude, like, let's just get the yeah, fuck three, out of here. Yeah, three kids. I no. hate, I just hate bouncing <laughs> on people. I just hate, like, I, I like to say, I like to say my goodbyes, you know. Life is uncertain. I always want to make sure that I, like, tell the people, you know, hey, it was good to see you. Thanks for having us. Can't wait to see you again. 
you know, and then yeah, shoot up a text know, or something. I, I leave the way I, I leave the same way I show up quietly and with little fanfare, man. Just it's dr- so funny. I like the breeze, bro. Just drift in and drift out. Yeah, I sent Seth a meme the other day since we're actually talking about this, and it was uh, it's like, who wants to go to a boat or a, a houseboat party? He's like, you know, how, how am I supposed to do my Irish exit when I'm in the middle of the water? <laughs> you know, like oh I can't God. just yeah, like how would that work? Jeez. Yeah, I can't just like fade out if I'm like you know floating in the middle of the water somewhere. Yeah. All right, we've gone heavy on AEW. Let's hear from our friends at Turnbuckle Tavern. Drop by and visit the Turnbuckle Tavern, where every Thursday we give you the most in-depth analysis of all things AEW, as well as dive into Impact Wrestling, NWA, and all things indie. If you like heated debates, compelling interviews, and a shot of nostalgia, you'll love the Turnbuckle Tavern. Available on Apple and Spotify. Drink it in. It always goes down smooth. I love that ad so much. I'm going to be bummed. The two bad chads, again, they were on with us last week. So go back and listen to that if you haven't already. And uh, they said they got a new ad on the way. But I don't know. I feel like that one just hit smooth, man. So, I know. Uh, no, we'll still use that one. We're not going to use a new one. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Sorry, we'll guys. we get into the Royal Rumble. <laughs> um, we've got some nice topics here. We're going to kick it off with Marco. The talk of the wrestling world this week has (laughs) been this bizarre uh, match between Charlotte and Nia. We, you know, we'll break kayfabe. We've been talking about this a little bit um, prior to uh, to this episode, so I kind of already know where Marco's at on this. I got a slightly difference of opinion, but we'll hear it. Marco, tell us what the hell happened on Monday night between (sighs) Charlotte and Nia Jax. Just a lot of miscommunication. It looked like, uh, or some. uh some previous, you know, heat or feelings from, from, uh, from prior. But yeah, no, they, it was, a lot of people say it was a work. I don't think it was. I think they just, just lost control and just started kicking the crap out of each other. Cause the rest of the match was just completely awkward. Yeah. Like there was no, like they're trying to do moves that moves weren't happening. And it was just, it was all over the place. It was, it was, it was definitely serious. I know you have a different take, but I'm not believing it. Yeah. So for those who don't know, my take on anytime it's something like this, um, after 30 years of watching wrestling, unless it is just blatantly clear, I assume everything is a work, but that's just me. Sheena, one word answer. All right. We're going to move to the next topic. I'm not going <laughs> to let you guys break this Royal Rumble gimmick we got going like you guys in the chat. Like, Y'all trying to take Royal Rumble and turn it into Iron Man match. It's not going to happen. We're doing the Rumble. Sheena, one uh, word. Charlotte and Nia Monday night. Work or shoot shoot okay all right let's go to the next topic i think you're wrong the uh <laughs> nxt this is uh you know it's kind of i don't know if it's coincidence or not you know we had talked on the last episode about how oppressive the feel of nxt had become in yeah. the capital wrestling center <laughs> with the heavy metal logos it's all dark the arena's dark yeah. and smoky you got all this chains everywhere it's just just Plexiglass. dark man yeah yeah. Just, yeah yeah it was just dreary the very next night on SmackDown, we get a debut of uh, <laughs> this brand new NXT logo. It looks like it's right out of Nickelodeon in 1993. Yep. Gina, give us your thoughts on the new NXT logo. Well, even if I didn't like it, um, I feel like you would have just sold me on it saying it was from Nickelodeon 1993 because anything from there I, I'm here for. So I, I don't hate it. Um, you guys know I, I live for a good tie-dye paint splatter you know, uh, logo. So 
I don't know. They're definitely doing some rebranding. So if they, if they're trying to you know shake it up and make it totally different, they're off to a to a good start. So I think they're just trying to change the entire way they're utilizing NXT, and they don't want it to you know be anything like the old NXT. So maybe they're going to go look for talent at like the local rave or like you know local kindergarten <laughs> class. I don't know. Um, but yeah, I don't hate it. Yeah, I think they just need a tweak, man. Hopefully, it's not wholesale changes. We just get some tweaks. I want, I want to go back oh. to the bright and happy full sail NXT, and not this like heavy oh. metal dark that NXT that it's become. But it's gonna, it's gonna be bright, all right. You'll see. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> all right, Marco, we're gonna kick it over to NWA uh, at NWA seventy three in St. Louis over the weekend. We saw Trevor Murdoch in Nick Aldis's <laughs> one thousand plus day reign days. as NWA wow. champ. Um, there's been some mixed, mixed reviews of Nick Aldis's reign. Um, you know, NWA, they're known for long title reigns and then the pandemic kind of, uh, kind of extended his let's hear it, man. Yeah. Was his reign, was it impressive or was it just a product of the pandemic? Um, I think it was pretty impressive because he had that, he held on to that title. I mean, long before the, the pandemic happened, obviously the pandemic extended, extended his days. Much like it did to every other champion at the yeah, time, that, Walter you know, in any organization. So Walter, um, yeah. So I mean, I, I don't, I don't put it on the pandemic for him holding his title that long. And I think it solidified it even more having uh, Ric Flair come out um, during that show and actually you know solidify that title and give it more meaning. Yeah, that was a pretty cool moment having Ric Flair in the NWA. Just it just felt right. I I like Nick Aldis's NWA champ again before the pandemic really set in. We loved NWA Power. I mean, that was yeah. probably our biggest like required viewing. Like every Tuesday, I think it was Tuesdays, right when it would come out. Yeah, yeah, it was awesome. We'd, we'd yeah. pull it up on YouTube right before the kids' bedtime and uh, and watched it. It was just a fun watch. They got uh, they had just signed Marty Scurll right before he had all his unfortunate controversy that popped up. Um, yeah. So that's definitely uh, a little bit of a bummer that that just kind of killed their momentum dead. But hopefully, NWA can keep everything together and get it going. I like Trevor Murdoch. He's Long-time wrestler. I think he's in his 40s already, so uh, he's definitely a little bit long in the tooth, but I'm glad to see him finally get his moment. He'd be perfect and, uh, for the new NXT. <laughs> I think so. <laughs> no, he's killing uh, yeah. the Royal Rumble gimmick now, dude. Sorry, sorry. I just, I'm passionate about the NWA, man. I love That's what I came up on. So I, I love the NWA, and I'm, I'm really rooting for them to uh, get some traction. I, uh, I wish that it seems like for whatever reason they've been left out of the whole AEW open floor plan that they've been doing, so hopefully they can bring yeah. the NWA yeah. in because – I think it'd be a perfect fit for what they're doing over in AEW. All right, Sheena, we will kick it over to you. The Queen's okay. Crown Tournament has been trademarked by WWE. So I think we're all pretty much in agreement. This is going to be something, if not identical, at least very similar to the King of the Ring Tournament for the guys. Assuming that they go the the normal route where whoever wins has got to be, you know, work a queen gimmick for at least a year. Who should be the first queen of the WWE? Well, first I'm going to say they wanted to trademark Queen of the Ring, but it's um it's been used since like 2016 for like a, a women's rap battle group that like does like YouTube shows. So they were unable to get Queen oh, yeah, of the Ring. Right. They had to nice. uh, get Queen's Crown Tournament. So anyway, the question at hand, um, who would it make more sense for than freaking Charlotte Flair to be the Queen of the Ring? I mean, traditionally, this is a heel gimmick. Uh, you know, it's right in Charlotte's wheelhouse. So I can see her being the inaugural champ, um, although I'm not sure what it'll mean for her story wrestling weekly in the tournament and stuff um and i think real quick i know i'm, I'm killing the gimmick but i think it's going to <laughs> um the end of the tournament is going to be at the saudi show right um 
So I don't know. Right? If, I don't know. I hadn't, I hadn't actually, I'd only seen that they had trademarked. I hadn't actually seen it. Yeah. Yeah. I think they, I think it's supposed to be uh, what, from what I read earlier today, I think it was supposed to be at crown jewel. Um, that's right. That makes but, you know, yeah. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I, I can see Charlotte. Cause I mean, she already calls herself the queen. So that would be really awkward to have somebody else calling themselves the queen when that's um, actually like her gimmick. You know, if if you I, I know we're killing this Royal Rumble thing, but if you want to make it more interesting, the, the Royal Rumble gimmick is uh, anyways. It's just a way for us to quickly get through a few topics. So take it away, Marco. I think if you want to make it more interesting, I know someone else that can call themselves Queen, and uh, Charlotte would not like that'd be Nia Jax. Oh, she should be the God. first. Uh, <laughs> she should wear the Queen's crown. Oh my! And then they could have a. That we'll would see. mean that would mean Nia would have to wrestle every week and potentially like you know injure and oh, hurt just people. destroy everybody and just yeah just, just main the women's main. roster. <laughs> She's gonna hold every single belt because everybody else is injured. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> All right, Marco, your main event in the Royal Rumble this week, man. Oh boy! Uh, it has come to light that Vince McMahon and Bruce Pritchard are going to be executive producing NXT now. Yay. Supposedly, R. they're R. saying Triple H is still in the mix, but um, you know, I, I don't really know where he falls out. Sounds like you know, pretty much anything Vince is involved in, he runs. So, looks like it's going to be Vince and Bruce Pritchard produced. What is the most Vince thing we could see on night one of the McMahon era of NXT? I mean, definitely some comedy. We're gonna see a lot of some of the serious guys do some uh, comedy sketches in the back, or we got Dexter Lewis out- and uh, Indy Hartwell getting married the first night of uh, yeah. the new well, regime. Yeah, see, well, that was already yeah. kind of in motion, but I mean, I think I mean I, I kind of feel bad for like Tommaso, where he's just some like he's kind of like that oh, gritty gosh. character. He might they might find something for him to do that's you know fun and uplifting. Yeah. Um, the other thing too is that that NXT logo also reminds me of the uh, that show in Living Color. Remember that the, yeah. uh, the sketch show? Yeah, like the, <laughs> yeah, I remember like the, Living Color. Like the I paint splashes that. and all that stuff. Yeah, <laughs> wait, see that Jim Carrey, Damon Wayans come out. Homie the yeah, clown. but uh, I mean, the, here's what I think too is like with Bruce Prichard and Vince McMahon taking over. I think definitely it'll be more like we talked about it. Like you said, being dreary and not fun at all. I think it's I think it's gonna be the like a like a three sixty, not even a one eighty. A 360 of NXT. It's it's gonna look exactly like, uh, like the I'm gonna go like early 90s, like kind of like funk. Just just based off the logo, it's gonna be a lot loose, looser yeah. than Raw and SmackDown. It's it gonna be, be good because like you got some place. talented guys down there. And I mean, I would say, bright. I colors. think that I think the guys in NXT are actually probably a little bit more conditioned to do like some funny comedy stuff. You know, guys like the yeah, younger, the younger Family guys. Grimes, yeah. Johnny Gargano has been hilarious. Exactly. Even Tommaso Ciampa, he can, do, he can do like humor in, in like a funny mm-hmm. way too. So I don't know. I'm yeah. open to it, man. I like I said, dude. I I really haven't been digging NXT as much as I used to over the last year and. I really think it does come down to just the feel of it, man. Between the PW yeah. from when they were in the performance center to the CWC. Um, again, like we talked, we talked about this a couple weeks ago. We really went deep on it. So go back a couple weeks to hear it. But, you know, we talked about how the CWC was an improvement at first because it was something different from just the straight up like antiseptic performance center presentation. But yeah. it was just <laughs> heavy, man. You know what I mean? I, did, I really miss yeah. full sale, dude. And, and if this is a yeah. step closer to like the full sale era of NXT, then, then I'm all for it. I mean, w- what's your thoughts, Shane? 
Yeah, I agree. Again, I've already I've already mourned and and grieved the NXT uh, that you know we we knew and loved, and um, I'm open minded. And you know, at the end of the day, if it's not for me, I don't have to like tune in every week. Uh, you know, and I can just keep up with it on on the you know on the outside. Uh, but yeah, I, I'm hopeful, maybe optimistic, but uh, we'll see. You know. Yeah, I, did, I, I don't want to be as down. Going... You guys accuse me of being really really down on NXT the last time I talked <laughs> yeah, about it. So it I'm, was, I'm trying yeah, to. It was bleak. Yeah, yeah, that was I'm a, trying yeah, you, to, you brought the whole um, show down. Yeah, I'm trying to bring my <laughs> u, my eulogistic tone up a little bit, you know? But yeah, I think too, like with that logo, they're definitely going for like a younger audience and a younger look and feel. Like less, a more it's like, less hardcore. Know, young and vibrant. It's yeah, less the, hardcore. The, uh, the NXT content, the bonus content's all going to be on TikTok. Yeah. You know? <laughs> Probably. With I mean, we're, and literally, stuff like we're that literally going challenges. from like a black and gold logo with like a freaking vulture like sitting on top of it too and like barbed wire <laughs> and shit to yeah like marco said freaking in living color from 1991 so yeah, yeah. Let's, let's let's liven it up a little bit let's bring let's bring nxc back to its youthful vibrance yeah. that it had once before <laughs> let's go all right so speaking <laughs> of livening it up let's have a drink All right, it's time for the weekly beverage break. Sheena, you already teased a little bit to start the show. Yeah. Tell us what you're sipping on. So got my my pumpkin koozie per use, Um, and I got a Smart Mouth Brewing Company, uh, local Norfolk here, and uh, it's called the Princess Oktoberfest. So again, this is my first fall beer of the season. It's really, really good. It says uh, it's a copper lager that boasts uh, the perfect union of caramel toffee sweetness with toasty maltiness so it's not super heavy but it does have that like you know it's kind of bringing that you know like fall mouth feel you know so like a campfire man yeah it's like it's like a campfire yeah. in your mouth night. yeah they're pretty good yeah so good stuff would recommend and, and and smart mouth gets the like instant buy i actually went to buy um seth sent me to go get a, a crafty you know he's like just grab a just grab a different craft beer to put in the fridge and uh i grabbed him something and then i just walked by the aisle and saw smart mouth had their fall beer and i was like oh hell yeah you know don't e- don't even look at the label just grab it because smart what everything's everything smart mouth puts out is really good definitely marco what are you drinking i think marco's muted i think you're on mute marco Yes, I am on mute. I don't know what that happened. Uh, but I am uh, sipping on Love and Wrestling. Of this course. is actually the last the last one in the uh, refrigerator. So probably be the last one for the summer. Oh, my um, God. It's the end of an era, until we, dude. Until we no. move on to the... It's like uh, Nick like, NWA title reign. You've been drinking that yeah, beer I mean, so long. I mean, I mean, yeah. You know, I, I should have waited till uh, Sunday just in case Jericho, uh, you know, takes his farewell as well. So, but yeah, sipping on this and then... Gonna head into the uh, the fall beers. That's right. At some point. Nice. So I started off with a, uh, a dogfish head sequench ale. We talked about this one enough, so you guys are familiar with that one. And then I switched up with another Virginia beer, like Sheena. The this is the New Realm uh, Tyrannosaurus Flex. It's part of their uh, what do they call it the Monsters and Myths series that they got of a uh, different IPA series. So it's pretty good. Double hazy IPA. It is eight point five percent ABV. So. You guys will probably hear my opinions get more and more unfiltered as we get uh, closer to the uh, the end of the show. Let's get into some figure talk.
right. That's the uh, the new intro for the figure four. It, it, speaking of the end of the era, you know, Murgo's getting rid of Love and Wrestling. We're finally getting rid of uh, Here Comes the Money for Go Figure. You know, that's yeah. about yeah, a month that's ago. That's a staple. Yeah. I know. Yeah, that's, yeah. that's been since episode one of the Chick Foley show, man. Yeah. Uh, but we, we switched <laughs> it up. We kind of stopped because it was just getting to be a little bit of exhausting um, running through every single tidbit of figure news in the week. So we started kind of condensing it down. So in honor of Ric Flair, you know, we're calling it the figure four. We're going with the uh, the eight bit um, version of the Ric Flair drip for the intro. So we'll get uh, we'll get Sheena or Marco to do some voiceover for that to get add a little bit yeah. of production value uh, in the weeks going forward. Did you guys know there's actually a name for that genre of uh, like the eight bit um, rap music there? It's called chip hop. That's actually the name of it. I that, did man. not know that. I didn't. I didn't know that. Yeah, wow. so if you ever, yeah, huh. if, you, if there's a song you want to hear with that, uh, like Nintendo Super Nintendo sound of your favorite song, yeah, just Google like, you know, chip pop version of of Mask Off or whatever the case may be. Whatever song you want to hear, wow. and you can typically find them on YouTube. It's a whole, uh, it's a whole thing. But we'll get into it. Well, um, if you ever, or if you ever find yourself on Jeopardy, and you know it's the niche music category, <laughs> you know now, now you yeah. know you're chip welcome. Pop. Yeah. Yeah. Um, what is chip pop? So yeah, we did have, <laughs> we'll go a peek behind the scenes. We had some technical difficulties last week with the two bad chads on there. So that's why we ended up collapsing some of the bonus segments. So you, some of this news may be a little bit older, um, but we're kind of, it, luckily for us, it was really a slow week in figure news. So um, yeah. we'll start yeah. off with the new stuff available on ringside. Um, the Jushin Liger figures, the latest batch from Storm Collectibles. Those are in stock now. Elite 88 is should be coming in stock in the next day or so. People are already getting shipping notifications on that. Elite 90 went up for pre-order, which that's great because this is Bronson Reed's. He's going to be one of the rare um, first time in the line, last time yeah. in the line figures. Last time in it line. looks like yeah. we're getting them. First and last. I'm still a little bit yeah. sketchy. The only other time, though, since I've been back in the figure collecting game, that a figure's gone up for pre-order on ringside and not ended up coming out was Elite 44. They had Coco Beware up for pre-order. And then it was like, it was literally like within a, like the same day though. I want to say it was like six hours later. They took him down and added Sin Cara in his place. So the fact that Bronson Reed's been up for pre-order a couple of days makes me think we're getting him. He's in that Bam Bam Bigelow attire. We saw at uh, Comic-Con weekend. So that's going to be a great figure. So I'm holding out hope that, uh, we end up getting him. I'm not going to believe it until we see like MOC picks, but uh, I'm really hoping we get that figure. What, what, well, what, what about us? Uh, yeah, Zelina Vega was like, um, she got released and her figure was up for uh, pre-order as well. And then ended up releasing mm-hmm. well after she left the company, but then obviously she ended up coming back again. So, right. I'm, I'm saying, was I was saying the only time I've seen somebody go up for pre-order and then get canceled. Zelina Vega, her figure ended up getting oh. released. Right? Yeah. Coco, the, there was a Coco yeah. Beware figure that went up for pre-order. Like the initial batch of Elite 44 pre-orders, Coco Beware was part of it. And then he got pulled like that same day, like the same day. So uh, I'm thinking it was just a mistake on yeah. ringside's part. Uh, but yeah, the yeah. same day he went up, he got pulled. Um, yeah, I think yes. I think we'll get the Bronson though. I don't think he's I don't think it's disappearing. We got the Braun Braun Strowman too, and mm-hmm. he got released. So and Chelsea, I mean, they're, they're already too. Yeah, and, Chelsea, uh, they're already we're getting we're gonna get crispy fried free crispy fried fiend. Hopefully, Easy for you to say. yeah, <laughs> yeah, crispy. <laughs> yeah, I think it's gonna happen though. I don't think we're missing out on that. Hopefully not. Anyway, yeah. Um, and then I think most uh, the thing we're most excited for is the latest Ultimate Editions with Kane oh. and the Undertaker. We're getting Kane in the cape. Such a crazy look. It's crazy that that's going to be his Ultimate Edition. It's a yeah. look that awesome. he never even had on TV, but it's super toyetic. It's going to be very, very cool. And like I said, that that's got some uh, 
some figure historical significance because he had the cape on the box art for his uh, Bindum's figure, which was the first Kane figure. Yep. So pretty dang cool. Um, sticking with the Ultimate Edition news, Triple H and Ultimate Warrior, Ultimate Warrior were officially revealed and put up for pre-order on Amazon. Uh, Marco, did you get both of those? Of course. I yeah. mean, they were, uh, yeah, that's, I mean, I think I posted on, I post on Twitter, like the links so people can actually go and uh, do it before it was already live, but they were going to announce it live later in the afternoon. Nice. Uh, but a lot of people already had the links to do so. Um, so yeah, I think I posted it. If you're yeah. like, oh my one God, good thing, it, it's one good thing about our Foley fam, dude, they are on top of it. Anytime <laughs> oh, yeah. something oh, yeah. comes up on Amazon, dude, they are like posting the links in the group. They're like, hey, hurry, hurry, hurry up on Amazon, up on Amazon. So if you're yeah. in the group and you don't have notifications turned on for the group, definitely turn on notifications, uh, you know, because like I said, th- yeah. those things go up and they go, they go super quick. And if you're not in our group, you know, chickfillyshow.com, duh. Of course. I, st- I still think, man, you know, I think we, we love on everything Mattel does so much. We can offer some criticism. I still think we're missing out on that Ultimate Warrior, man. One, the head sculpt with the paint, the hair should have been different. Remember, Warrior looked totally different. His hair was like soaking wet from sweat. It was all slicked down. We should have had that. And um, they should have found a way to do swap out the torso. Remember, all the chest paint was gone also. So even if you use that alternate head with no face paint, it's not going to look right because the chest paint's still pristine, man. Still pristine, yeah. I don't know, man. I it, It's still going to be cool. It's going to be the best WrestleMania 6 Ultimate Warrior that we've ever gotten. Finally, it comes with the yellow, uh, you know, both belts, the winged eagle and the yellow strap IC title. But yep. I feel like that extra head sculpt is kind of a waste uh, because it's just so historically inaccurate. Um, and I, I don't know which I don't know how hard it is to swap out the torsos on the Ultimate Editions, but that's definitely much needed to make it accurate. Um, yeah. If they, I mean, if ahead. they do it like the um, like the unrivaled figures, because you can pretty much just like pop off an un- unrivaled figure like torso pretty easy. yeah those are super i'm not sure if it's made the same way. figures are awesome in that way yeah so i mean if you can do it i mean i would have, i mean if you buy it if you're only buying one <laughs> don't do it but if you're buying more than one and you do one moc and one loose try it see what happens but i'm not going to try it on mine personally <laughs> you guys do it do, yeah, do it you guys, you guys try it and let me know how it goes <laughs> yeah exactly. yeah try to let me know how it goes guys <laughs> Uh, moving over to AW and Jazzware. So CM Punk is back. We know we're going to get uh, some more CM Punk figures on the way. Whatever you see him in this Sunday night, I can guarantee you that's going to be a figure within the next five or six months. Um, mm-hmm. But let's go back to Mattel. You know, CM Punk was well represented in their line. Marco, what was your favorite CM Punk Mattel figure? Uh, probably the SES Straight Edge Society with the uh, with the Lucha Mask. mask. Yeah, the hey, that the was sling. mine, yeah, Marco. I love that figure. Uh, yeah, yeah. It was yeah. either that or the um, oh, which one was it? Uh, it's escaping me now. It's when he had the uh, the the best in the world. Oh, Elite Sixteen. Gosh, um, yes, that either yeah, it was one of those two. But yeah, I'm going with the uh, with the SES because that one's that one's yeah, awesome. Yeah, that was and a ringside exclusive. Uh, that um, yep, and the it, lucha mask and the towel and and all that yep. the sling. And it's an arm and a leg on eBay, so don't even bother trying to purchase yeah. one right now. <laughs> yeah. it's, it, it, I think it's gone up since he's returned. I haven't even looked um, at uh, at CM Punk prices recently for figures. Yeah. I can only imagine that they are like through the freaking we'll roof right now. Close to a G, if you want that figure. We'll <laughs> there's see that yeah. couple, there's four in my collection. Away. I love all. I love all four. Um, I got the 
the best of WrestleMania 29 one. That's where he's in his gray and purple Undertaker inspired gear. And he came with the oh, urn. That's, that's when he was, you oh, know, taunting yeah. Undertaker about Paul yeah. Bear's death. Yep, I was there. I actually seen that live. That match. <laughs> I got the Elite person. 16 one that you mentioned from the Summer of Punk in 2011 um, with the best in the world shirt on. That's his that's his most valuable figure. And then I got the two ringside exclusives, the, uh, the, the Straight Edge Society. And then I got his ECW flashback figure with the long hair and the red gear. So. Awesome. Um, very cool. I agree with you guys. Yeah. That SES figure is so so unique with the mask. He's got the sling. My the sling on our figure, because um, I've taken it on and off a few times. It's hanging on by a very thin thread, man. So oh, I'm super cautious can, with that figure because I feel like that that uh, sling is about to snap with that rubber. Can you use the uh, um, Randy Orton sling? The recent one, does that fit on it? Have you tried probably, it? Probably, yeah, it probably would, but you know, you got to be historically accurate. So I don't know how well it would true. fit. But, that, that's uh, true. That's true. Yeah, but that, that is a it, it's a great figure with the camel. Worst case gear. scenario, uh, I'm sure we could get some figure clothers to make us an actual like cloth sling. You know, <laughs> oh, that'd be pretty cool, actually. <laughs> yeah, a tiny little miniature <laughs> sling for him. That mm-hmm. would be pretty sweet. Um, so again, like I said, we're making up for two weeks of lost time. But we want to hit up Marco. He actually went to our good friends, uh, Brian Myers and, Ch- and uh, Matt Cardona's Major WF Pod Live 9. Marco, tell us about it, man. What was it like just being immersed in uh, basically all things in wrestling major mark for country. a couple hours? Yeah. yeah, just yeah, I was in Major Mark Country slash my country. It was more of like a, they built it as kind of like a homecoming for uh, for Smart Mark because he's, he's from this area, um, born and bred. So uh, it was it was more it, it was more focused on him. They did kind of like a "This is your life" thing, where they had like pictures of him when he was younger and all this stuff. It was pretty cool. But um, just like just the environment, like is awesome. Like you can tell like why everyone's drawn to these guys, and not just as a podcast, but just as like just as a community. Yeah, like they're they're just like I mean, bros essentially. Like you can see yourself literally hanging out with these guys. Um, which you which you pretty much did if you yeah. stayed after after the fact like they pretty much just hung out and drank which was pretty awesome. Um, that was before like they before they did the signings and all that stuff and you got to meet them. Yeah. You got to see my picture where I'm holding both the uh, internet title and the GCW and it just looks like a big party. You know, like it just yeah, looks it's, like you know just like they have it's just like nonstop action like people coming in and guest stars and like you know announcements oh, yeah, was, and like just yep. nonstop stuff. You know. Yep, he yeah. The, uh, we had Francine. She showed up. They squashed their beef. Uh, Brian Myers and Francine. So <laughs> she ended up signing a, a, a figure for him. His uh, her uh, she actually has a micro brawler that's sold out. Yeah, it went on sale that last Monday. So, but he actually she ended up signing it for him and stuff like that. So they squashed their beef. Um, Enzo uh, showed up, and he yeah. also talked about like figure collecting and things like that. And he stayed around too. What did Enzo have uh, to say about cool. figure collecting? Uh, he's actually pretty well versed. Um, dating back to the Hasbro's, um, spoke nice. about spoke about all the troubles with the with the different uh, like the actions and stuff like that, which was pretty cool. Um, we got to see the best friends; they showed up as well. Um, we got some then, reveals too. The pictures. Some, yeah, the yeah. Uh, the unrivaled reveals, right? Yep, they revealed the Chris Statlander um, unrival as well as the best friends too. Their their figures. Oh yeah, uh, they showed the reaction video. Uh, Smart Mark actually. Um, Shared a video with him showing his uh, showing her figure to her. Uh, cool. The picture, the the makeups of it, everywhere. And she was obviously, you know, like stunned. But uh, yeah, no, that whole experience was awesome. Like I said, I, I bet I got to meet ZST. Uh, we spoke. Uh, we spoke about Donnie Darko, which is pretty random. That movie, if you guys have ever seen that movie, uh, it's pretty weird uh, and a pretty down movie. So 
I warned you. Fair warning. <laughs> Don't bring down the moves. So Zombie's a yeah, big Donnie yeah. Darko fan. <laughs> yeah, big Donnie Darko fan. That's like, that's actually like it's yeah, it's like his email or something like that. <laughs> wow, yeah, Donnie Darko had, um, one at had, uh, at hotmail dot com. Yeah, he had the uh, gold gloves too, which was pretty awesome. But uh, yeah, he said he's a big fan of the uh, Chick Foley show as well because obviously I had the shirt. Yeah, on, we so. love Zombie. Yeah, we love Zombie. Yeah, so that was all uh, his stuff. Yeah, so that was it. Like I said, a great experience getting to meet all those guys and being yeah. you know amongst the. Shout out to the major awesome, bros, so. dude. They they've yeah. created like a, a their own like universe and culture where it is literally like you can immerse yourself in just like major lingo and major merch and major like oh, yeah, everything. Exactly. So yeah, it, it's <laughs> definitely they, they definitely have their own like a uh, community and culture. So shout out to those guys for for taking the ball and running with it and creating the brand that they have because yeah, it's real it's really cool. The venue for uh, Live Nine looked pretty cool, Marco. Tell us about the Kowloon. Yeah, so the uh, so the Kowloon is a pretty much like a staple of uh, Massachusetts. It's uh, pretty much where all the a lot of celebrities pop in and out of that place. So once like you go in and, the Chick Foley show, of course, yeah, yeah. it was bigger Always. than that. Um, <laughs> but yeah, um, above it they had a place called Nick's Comedy Stop, where basically you know a lot of a lot of comedians you know started out. Boston was like a, a huge hub for a lot of comedians in the nineties and stuff like that. And uh, Nick's Comedy Stop was a place there, so. Um, if you go in there, you actually see like a lot of pictures of different celebrities that have, uh, graced their presence. So like the rock is there, Jerry Seinfeld, like pretty much every wrestler, John Cena, Stone Cold, Mick Foley, like literally everyone. So like anytime the, you know, there would be a show in Boston, um, they would literally all go to Kowloon right after. So you can get nice. like, if you, if you're a wrestling fan, you want to get pictures and stuff like that. Um, you just go right to the Kowloon right after you'd guaranteed get, I mean, guaranteed you'd see them. Not guaranteed you'd get an autograph. <laughs> yeah. Obviously, they're, 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 there uh, they're, they're there to have a good time. Is it just a bar or is it a restaurant like too? It's a bar. It's like, it's a bar slash restaurant. What kind um, of, so what kind of restaurant is it? Cause it looked like, I don't know. It looked like it was like, it had like a vaguely like Asian or possibly like Tiki yeah. type feel or something to it. Yeah, but it's it's, uh, it's it's like Asian cuisine. Oh yeah, Asian cuisine. So different types okay. of Asian cuisine are in there. So the bottom floor is the restaurant slash bar area, and then the second floor is more of the venue where they held the the live nine. But yeah, it's a pretty historical significance, and they're actually probably close. I think their lease is up in five years, so um, they've been around for like I, I want to say at least like thirty or forty years. And I think they're actually getting ready to close down because I think the uh, oh, wow. I was reading an article about. How the you know the kids, the 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 younger generation, they all have different careers and stuff, and they kind of don't want to take over the family business. Um, so yeah, it looks like it may Bummer, be uh, closing its doors pretty soon. So that's probably so the last time. Uh, uh, what did you eat at Live Nine? Oh, I mean, of course you had to go with uh, poo poo platter. You had to get the <laughs> you had to go with the, and then they also also have sushi as well. So you get oh, sushi nice. too. Obviously, my ties all night. You had to drink oh, my yeah. ties all night. Oh, so. um, I'm not going to say who, but there was, I we mean, to cut the show early there's, now, a lot of, hungry, there's some dude. guys on the, uh, on the, uh, the, the major bros that were taking, taking, uh, some shots of my ties. We'll say, uh, <laughs> <laughs> during the course of the night. So but yeah, no, it was a fun time. It was, it's a really great experience. Um, it's always good. Yeah. Just even going to Kalu, just having a good time. Without even the, mo- the most lit I've ever been in the last few years has been on my ties for sure. Oh yeah, my, <laughs> I'm pretty yeah, sure. That, I'm pretty sure that was the night drunk Chick Foley was invented. <laughs> I think <laughs> yeah. I, I think yeah. literally everyone there were drinking my ties. I don't oh, think yeah. I've seen one other drink. They, sne- they sneak up on you, dude. Oh, besides the PBR, actually, they were tossing out. They had a thirty rack Ugh. of PBRs. 
Oh. And, um, I'll throw it back. Now that I can't, I, no, that no, I can't get down with. No, Listen. I actually caught one from Brian Myers. He was tossing them out, and I was that's like, "Cool." And he actually I, threw I mean, me one. So yeah, that's that's cool and all, but yeah, yeah. I ain't drinking that. <laughs> Sorry, PBR. Yeah. <laughs> Let's get into uh, the weekly purchases. I'll go first. Uh, Sheena, you want to show off those uh, the three ringside exclusive Storm Collectibles Juice and Ligers we got? Oh, yeah. Oh, <laughs> oh man. I know Sheena's already cooking up a fire-ass reel that she's going to post on uh, IG tomorrow for these. But uh, yeah, yeah these are in stock at ringside right now. If you haven't checked them out yet, these Storm Collectible Ligers, they're some of the best wrestling figures ever made. So you get three more colorways. Uh, you got the all red. There's a green and there's a purple one. These things are spectacular. Yeah, who knew we were going to get like, you know, 12. They've been cranking them out, man. I guess they've been selling. Yeah, because we're on. Yeah, we're like getting like 10 deep on the Storm Collectibles Ligers. I hope they make some other wrestlers here pretty soon. Yeah, I saw um, uh, Mike Lanham posted in our group. He said, uh, he's like, when are they going to come out with Defenders? He's like, we've got like 12 of these figures now. Like, when are they going to come out with figure (laughs) Defenders for this specific box? You know when you don't need Defenders? When you just open it up and just take them out of there. That's Yeah. (laughs) There's actually a uh, Storm Collectibles. I I don't think Sheena's tracking on this one. Marco, you may be familiar with it. There's a Storm Collectibles um, King from Tekken that's coming out, which if you remember back in the Tekken days, King was a pro wrestler. Yeah, he had the tiger mask and stuff on. So I'm kind of debating if I need to add that figure to my uh my figure collection he is like 120 bucks so that's definitely kind of uh skewing my judgment a little I mean, bit uh but hopefully i'm hoping maybe ringside will get him in stock and we can get a little bit of a uh, homey hookup on that uh well, you gotta, it, it I is mean, a really I, cool figure so yeah google storm collectibles um king, king. from tekken he is a wrestler yeah. man he's a wrestler so well uh, the thing too is with king is like and, and tekken like a lot of cross promotion uh, with New Japan wrestling as oh, well yeah. with Tekken. So yeah. there's a lot of like stuff happening. And and King is legit, you know, the king of pro wrestling. Oh, that's Tekken. a badass figure though. So I mean, it, yeah. King's worldwide. Yeah. I mean, if you don't know who King is, if you're a video game yeah. person, at least, you know who King is. And yeah. you've probably used him because he, he kicked ass in Tekken. Yeah, he I was used awesome, him a lot dude. And like well, I said, so. he's a wrestler, man. So I mean, yeah. 120 for a figure, that's a little rich for my blood. I'm, I'm, I may I may try to game it a little bit and wait for somebody to buy it MOC and then be like, ah, you know what? I don't need this and try to sell it. Maybe I can get it for a little bit of a discount use. So I'll, yeah, I'll keep my eye on it. It is pretty badass, though. Yeah, it's a cool figure. And Storm Collectibles, their figures are great. Like I said, I'm on record. Yeah. Um, their Hollywood Hogan figure was one of the best wrestling figures ever made. Yeah. So, this um, leopard print cape's pretty freaking dope, dude. Yeah. Yeah. Very cool figure. It's 112 scale. King was a pretty big dude. So I feel like he, I feel like he, I could make that fit in with my like elites and, and AEW line. Um, yeah. We'll keep it moving. I picked up this minty WCW Galoob um, Lex Luger. Awesome. Um, I'm I'm still shocked at how cheap these figures are. I got this for twelve bucks on eBay, man. And I mean, this wow. thing looks like it's fresh out of the box. There's zero zero paint wear, no scuffs huh. on the nose or anything. That's what you got to worry about these because they were made of such hard plastic. They were very scuff ready. Yeah, twelve bucks Lex Luger. So he's in the collection. And then um, you know. I, I pulled a little prank on the Foley fam. Um, I made them, you know, oh think that Brett the Baby face was a deal. I went back and updated the post, but you know, it's Facebook, so like you don't really yeah. get a notification when somebody updates their status. So <laughs> you can see this destroyed. So it's a, this is a uh, AEW Unrivaled Five Chase John Moxley with the eye patch and the Paradigm Shift T-shirt. Yeah, incredible figure. It's stunning, but this box is destroyed. So a loose collector that me and Sheena is friends with reached out and. Uh, 
sold us to us sold this to us at a deep deep discount because you know these chases the value of them is really as as a uh, moc figure and he knew we were loose collectors so we were like the first people he thought of when uh he came across this figure so uh this will be on unboxing mania really really soon you're gonna be able to hear some uh you know some of the poor figure marks hearts break but i mean like i said this this thing it looks like it got ran over i don't know what the (laughs) hell happened to this i don't know if this happened in shipping or it fell out of somebody's shopping car and they ran over in a truck or what it's the wrecked, box is pretty figures, bad, and for those of you who aren't in our group, it's stunning. Yeah, for those of you who aren't in our group, Seth posted a picture pictures of the box being all like destroyed yeah, and everything. I think I said, and he uh, says, I, I put a. I said it was the wrong day to leave uh, uh, this leave my figures in Brett's room. That Brett's our son, and yeah, yeah, people were just like, "Man, what did what did you do?" You know, people. Yeah, <laughs> the the uh, the gifts and the oh my god comments and just like the the heartbreak emojis like the 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 comments were filled like uh and I, I couldn't remember if seth ever went back and updated the post and told him we were just joking like you know that we Dude, bought you try it to that turn way the ba- you trying to turn the baby face into a hill like what's going on here's right the yeah, thing, yeah, trying hey, to turn the crowd on him even if that box was <laughs> fucking primo perfection i was still gonna open it man i love that figure dude it oh, was no, going oh, yeah it was gonna breathe one way or another man i just figured i'd have yeah. some fun with the uh with the rest of the foley fam man I don't know. Brett has man. haters I, I, already. I would have a hard time not selling that thing, dude. If it was any if other it was chase, Nick yeah. Primo. That's this. This is the first chase that I feel like I have to have in my collection. Um, the MJF in series two was cool. The Darby Allen chase was really, really cool. But I yeah. agree. If I would have found those MOC, I probably would have flipped them just because, like we always say on the show, money talks, you know. But exactly, even if I, yep. I, I tell you guys, man, I, I really believe in my heart of hearts. Even if I would have found a, a pristine, like, MOC, mint condition, John Moxley Series 5, I would have opened it up because I love that figure, man. I, I've made no secret of my love for, for Dean Ambrose, John Moxley on this show, and I think that figure's stunning. So he was getting opened up one way or another. Yeah, just just in general, the unrivaled figures. If you, I mean, we're not going to, you know, cast people out, but... Just open, just having them out. Open them. Out the bo- it doesn't do it doesn't do it justice. Just and those figures are so there, much like, fun to play with. The, the ratchet style articulation makes them dude, so the easy. The flexibility, to pose, they're like, they're almost yeah. like a step before an ultimate, like yes. with all like the wing, yes, with the dude. with the extra double jointed shoulders. Like it's pretty close. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They're sick, man. Uh, Marco, what did you add to your, to your collection in, no, the, in the past? I'm two actually weeks? I'm, I'm actually empty this week. Nothing this week. I'm, most of my stuff is coming in next week. So. Yeah, Marco, pretty, uh, Marco's got a mortgage, dude. Yeah, I'm pretty you know? big. Yeah, and I have a mortgage too. Actually, it's, yeah, the first was yesterday. So. <laughs> the new house. Yeah, that needs to be the that needs to be the new T-shirt. It needs to be the in in your house logo. It needs to be Marco's mortgage. Oh my <laughs> god! Know, like, the, the M and MVP yeah. stands for mortgage. <laughs> yeah. Oh yeah. man, Nick, you hear that? Get the get on that. Get it. Yeah. Get on that you, T-shirt. Did you go design. through? Did you go through Conrad to uh, to finance your your new home? First family I mortgage. Did not. One FC. I did not know. I might. I might do that one if I if I refinance or something like that. I might go through yeah. uh, through uh, Conrad. But yeah, no, not, nothing this week. Most of it. Most of my notifications popped up for for uh, early. Well, probably not early next week because it's Labor Day. So I'm assuming around like Tuesday. Yeah, I'll have most of my stuff. So yeah, I'll have right. to wait till next week for some reveals. All right. So we just mentioned Nick for a new T-shirt idea. Let's hear from Extra Cooler right now. Hey everyone, it's Nick, better known as Extra Cooler. Is there anything better than diving back into the wrestling archives and watching classic matches from the past? Yes, there is. It's doing that with your buddies while cracking jokes and enjoying some ice-cold beverages. If that sounds like fun to you, then be sure to check out my new podcast, The Extra Cooler Show. 
where each episode, my Survivor Series team and I review an old-school match chosen by you, the listeners. The Extra Cooler Show is available wherever you get your podcasts. Be sure to subscribe and follow us for new episodes every other Thursday morning. Retro Wrestling Recommendation of the Week is where myself, the heel husband, Chick Foley, and Marco, the MVP, give you guys a recommendation from a match or event from years gone by to get you through the weekend. This segment is brought to you by our good friends at Chalkline. Chalkline specializes in bringing you the absolute best in retro-inspired fan wear. They can be found on Instagram at ChalklineOfficial or at Chalk-Line.com. All right. And also, speaking of Chalkline, you can use our code, our Pod Foundation code PF10 to save 10% on all your Chalkline purchases. So make sure you're using that code. Um, and it would not be the retro wrestling recommendation of the week without our Chalkline check in. So I'm going to ask the heel husband which of his 60 pair of Chalkline <laughs> shorts he is wearing this evening. I think this is the first time we've done it since we got video. Should I, should I model them? Well, yeah, oh. duh. Stand yeah, up in that course. chair, dude. Stand up we on the kids. Stand up on the kids. Uh, you know, there's there's their, ladies uh, watching. Shelving of course, unit. so you guys can see <laughs> I got the all over print uh, Stone Cold Steve Austin shorts. Those are some oldies. These ones are historically significant. So I had it was three pairs that Sheena bought for me as a gift. So that's crazy the way this collection has grown. Yeah. I didn't even start this. Sheena actually just got him for me as like just like a you know a sweet gesture. She You're got welcome. me. The Stone Cold ones, who are still a part of the collection, the HBK Fanimation ones that are still a part of the collection, and then uh, the Dearly Departed Bam Bam Bigelow. There was some Bam Bam Bigelow all over. Wow. It was basically like the ring gear style. Yeah. Um, I ended up selling those just because I got a better pair of Bam Bam Bigelow shorts that released a little bit later on down the road. But yeah, these were these were the ones that started it all. So these got a mm-hmm. ton of sentimental value. Um, and yeah, you can't go wrong with chalkline shorts. They're the most comfy shorts in the biz. So hit them up. And there's a lot of good, great stuff coming out over the next oh, yeah. yep. few weeks. Um, Sheena, keep it rolling. Give us your retro recommendation of the week. Again, remember guys, we collapsed this segment last week because we ran into yeah. some technical difficulties uh, with the Turnbuckle Tavern. So this was a ton more relevant last week, but it's still a great match to go back and watch. So Sheena, give yeah. us yours. Exactly. I was going to say the exact same thing. You're not going to be disappointed to go back and watch uh, Walter versus Pete Dunn from Takeover in New York, mm-hmm. 2019. Um, you know, I was I was going to do this one last week because it was kind of kind of be a full circle moment because Walter, uh, you know, ended his reign with his match with uh, Ilya Dragunov, and he started it with uh, beating Walter in uh, in 2019 in just a, a stellar match. And if you guys remember, Pete Dunn had just been on. A, a he he had had a killer reign of his own, you know. I mean, I can't remember exactly how many days he had been the champ, but he beat the it inaugural was champion almost two years. It was basically it was yeah. like one year and ten months. He was the the champ for UK. Yeah, so he he beat yeah. the inaugural champion Tyler Bate uh, in 2017, and uh, you know just beat Joe Coffey and just a host of other people throughout uh, throughout his reign. And then you know it came to an end when uh, when Walter made his presence known in NXT UK. So go back and watch that match. Um, just just a banger. So, um, you know, and it, it'll remind you why you love Pete Dunn. You know, Pete Dunn's kind of been a little bit lost in the shuffle uh, as of late, but um, it, it'll really give you the feels for, for Pete Dunn and remind you why he's so freaking mage. Speaking of which, what happened to Tyler Bate? I mean, Tyler Bate, he's just a cunt hair <laughs> yeah. below Pete Dunn as yeah. far as being a talented wrestler. I love Tyler Bate. And like, I don't know. Yeah. I feel like I haven't seen Tyler Bate in like a year. Yeah. 
Well, I mean, I, I don't know. NXT UK, it's it's just been a little bit off the, you know, it's been off weird. the yeah, I feel path. Like, I feel like they yeah. should just fold all those guys in the NXT, breathe a whole bunch of uh, new blood in there. Um, yeah. Anyways, uh, I'm sticking with a WrestleMania weekend match. This is WrestleMania 31. We've talked about this match a ton, but it's relevant again with Brock coming back at SummerSlam. Roman versus Brock for the first time ever at WrestleMania 31. We've seen those guys, I want to say four or five times now, um, go one-on-one. I think this was the best one, though. The first one in San Jose. Mm -hmm. uh, Roman kept getting back up. He had that amazing comeback. It looked like he was finally going to defeat Brock to win the belt, and then all of a sudden, Seth Rollins cashes in. So, uh, I just I love this match. It's one of my all time favorite matches, and I recommend going back and watching it so you know what we could look forward to if Roman and Brock go at it one on one once again. Uh, Marco, what's yep. your pick? Um, mine's a little bit more relevant to this week because it actually has yeah, one it's person still carried over. Yeah, yeah, it's actually uh, uh, if it focuses on one person actually appearing appearing in uh, All Out, which is CM Punk, and then one potential person showing up which is uh, uh, Brian Danielson, the American Dragon. Uh, so this is an ROH match. I believe it was like 2005. Um, it's their, <laughs> their first, yeah, their first meeting ever. So this is the first time they ever had a match together um, in ROH. I believe it's on YouTube, on, on ROH's YouTube channel. It's about a 25-minute uh, uh, match. Uh, at, at that time, it was billed as like the two best guys at the time going at it. Uh, you get to see a young punk with the, uh, he's kind of wearing uh basketball shorts with the long scraggly hair and, um, less Indy tattoos. 101. Yeah. yeah. Indy 101. Uh, Brian, uh, Danielson with his, you know, trademark, uh, short crop haircut. Um, yeah, just funny. They, how he looks now. How they switch, yeah. They, how they switch places, you know, then it was uh punk had the, the short cropped hair and, and yeah. Daniel Bryan went with the, <laughs> the long scraggly look. Yeah, exactly. So, uh, yeah, no, definitely go back and watch these two guys at the beginning. Um, it's a, it, obviously they're in the beginning of the not beginning of their careers, but it's ov obviously not watching them now. But uh, you can definitely see the growth between the two, the two guys in there. You can see their skill set and stuff like that. And obviously, Punk being the heel and in, in in that exchange. And um, I hope actually hope they bring back uh, if uh, when Brian if and when Brian Danielson comes back. He used to have this gimmick. I'm not sure if you guys know about this. He used to tell the announcer um, he would come to the ring. He would tell the announcer and the announcer would say something to the crowd. Like it'd be like, um, he, he, he like whispered to the announcer, the announcer would be like, Brian Daniel says he hates every one of you guys or something like that. <laughs> so I hope they like, if they bring that back, that'd be pretty awesome. He'll, he'll um, Brian Danielson. Yeah. He'll Brian Danielson is awesome. But uh, yeah, no, definitely watch that match. It's a really, really good match. Hell yeah. So we got some uh, main roster WrestleMania, some NXT action, and some Ring of Honor for you guys. Sheena, do we got listener mail for this week? You know we do. All right. This is an interesting question, and I'm curious to get Seth's take particularly. Uh, this comes in from our buddy Randy Smith. He says, if you could go back in time and warn Brett about the Montreal <laughs> screw job and keep it from happening, would you? Why or why not? Yeah, I'd tell him, hey, don't go to the big showdown in Montreal. <laughs> no, stop doing your freaking <laughs> Brett impersonation. It's the worst. <laughs> no, honestly, man, as a Bret Hart fan, as much as it pisses me off the way they did him, I would let everything happen the way it did because ultimately the – Montreal screw job just added to the legend of Bret Hart. You know, they yeah. basically had to yeah. screw him to take the belt. 
it's I still think it's the most famous wrestling match of all time. People yeah. want to say Hogan and Andre at WrestleMania three. I feel like for the the non wrestling fans, that might be the the match that they say is the most famous mm-hmm. ever. But for the the hardcore wrestling fans, the most famous match ever is definitely Montreal Screw Job. Um, and it just it made I feel like it really added to the legend of Brett. So I would let everything yeah. happen as it did, as as painful as it was. Yeah, I agree one hundred percent. I think, like you said, it kind of adds to the to the legend of Bret Hart, and um, you know, it's one of the most talked about, most notorious moments in, in wrestling history. To this yeah. day, yeah, people people still talk about it, and and it ushered in a whole new era of uh, of WWF. So I just feel like um, you know. I, I wouldn't change it as much as it sucks. And as much as, you know, I will defend it and just say, you know, uh, Vince screwed Brett that, uh, you know, I, I, I wouldn't change <laughs> it. Marco still, he, he's still the true WWF champion in my mind. He never really lost the belt. Oh, that's you true. Know? That's, so, that's well, true. Back since 1997, Brett's the true champion. Yeah. So, yeah, that's true. Yeah. I didn't even look at it that way. Yeah. That's right. Yeah. The, the championship he never <laughs> lost. Okay. Marco, this one's for you. Um, Zach Hersler says besides recent WWE releases this past year, are there are there any wrestlers um, that you are shocked are still a free agent? Huh. Who got released so far? That's like a free agent, buddy. Uh, buddy Murphy. Tyler yeah, he's he's besides, besides, yeah, besides recent WWE releases. Well, I guess when, when when Buddy Buddy was a while ago. Yeah. Yeah, uh, I mean, um, Buddy was like this year. I thought. I don't know. It's hard I to mean, keep track. There's been so many I releases. Know. It has been so I'm, many releases. I'm not sure if they're still on their claws, but definitely the Iconics, I'd probably say, is a shock that they haven't showed up anywhere I'm sure they were showing up in Impact or maybe at the end of yeah. the They yeah. had their uh, you know all-women show last week. Yeah, mm-hmm. so yeah, yeah, probably that uh, out of out of anyone that's gone really that, that I can actually remember uh, besides like the big names. But yeah, that's kind of that's kind of odd that they haven't made their mark in any type of organization yet. So yeah, I don't Seth. know. Anybody? Uh, I mean, I'm surprised. I'm like I said, I I'm surprised that uh, Buddy Murphy hasn't showed up somewhere yet. He seems like he's ready to go pretty much anywhere around the world. Um, and then yeah. Tyler Breeze too. I think Tyler Breeze has got a lot oh, to yeah. offer as a company. It's just yeah. a solid, entertaining mid card act. Um, Ruby I'm Riot, surprised, Ruby, too. but yeah, she's recent. I, I'm surprised that um, despite the the craziness and you know all the the allegations and whatnot, I'm surprised Marty hasn't been. Um, Marty Janetti, yeah, Marty Janetti, no. <laughs> Marty's girl uh, hasn't been, um, you know, it's a shame, man. Somewhere, I, yeah, yeah, the, yeah. I don't know. It's hard to get into, but yeah, I feel, I feel like Marty Scroll definitely deserves a second chance in wrestling. All right. With that being said, we're going to go to Johnny JB. He says, "Have you ever met a wrestler outside of a meet and greet, and was it a pleasant or crappy experience?" So I'll start uh, NXT Orlando. Mm-hmm. 2017 WrestleMania 33 weekend. Me and Chino, we get dropped off in the Uber. It was you got to call it just nothing but fate. Our Uber driver was a dumbass. He dropped us off on the wrong side of the wrong arena, of the so building, we basically yeah. had to walk all the way around the block. But because we did this, we just so happened to walk around the very back side, and sure as shit, Pat Patterson is outside smoking a cigarette. And uh, you know, <laughs> I've long been a fan of Pat Patterson, man, both for his in-ring stuff and just all the impacts he's made to the business. And 
I, I felt a little bit guilty about bugging him when he's just trying to go smoke a cig and blow off some steam. I know. I wish I would have taken a picture. I just, I yeah, I wish he would have took a picture. I felt like that would have been like a little bit of a bridge too far. I just couldn't let the moment pass to tell, like, you know, to tell him how big of a fan I was. And basically, I, I just thanked him for everything he's done for the wrestling industry. And I shook his hand. And, um, you know, obviously now we know, you know, he's passed away in the year since. So I'm really glad that I didn't hesitate and went ahead and took advantage of that. But yeah, I got to shake Pat Patterson's yeah. hand and just a totally un- unexpected encounter. And, uh, yeah, that was, that was cool. Yeah, super, I wish I would have got you to take a pic now. Yeah. He was yeah. so cool too. He was cool. He just, you know, he shook my yeah, hand. And said, he, you know, he, wasn't, for the words. he wasn't yeah. upset that. Yeah. Yeah. What about you, Marco? Um, are we talking about bad experiences or just experiences? Just no, just he met a wrestler like outside of, you know, like a, a meet and greet a or meet something. Meet and greet, like sterile experience. Yeah. Mm, I'm trying to think. We did actually, we did meet Pat Patterson in New Orleans. Um, he was actually, I think he was like walking, there was like a CVS um, that was like a few blocks from the, uh, from the, uh, from Bourbon Street. Um, and he, ended, he was like walking out and we ended up seeing him. He was actually pretty cool. But the let me I'm trying to think. Maybe I want to say maybe Lillian Garcia was pretty awesome. Just meeting her like out and about. Lillian's cool. on actually on Bourbon Street. I think I shared the picture in our group chat. Yeah, yeah. she yeah. <laughs> but yeah, she yeah, she was out there with her band. Um and I, I think she had a band. We, yeah, she had yeah, she has like a like a I'm not sure if it's like a rock band or what what type of band, but yeah, it was like it's called Chop Chop. Yeah, and then Chapia Shaw. Yeah. But yeah, she was uh, she's really cool. She took pictures with uh, myself and my friends. Uh we met briefly RVD in Alberto Del Rio at one of the bars soon at um in New Orleans. It was pretty awesome. Why'd you yeah. say Ugh, to Alberto? To Alberto Del Rio. Oh yeah, well, I mean I don't know. I'm just yeah, I'm not an the, Alberto Del Rio fan. Yeah, yeah. No, I, I mean he was he was I mean he's he's cool a he's for, a freaking psycho. I'll say Yeah, it. back I mean this is back yeah, a few yeah. years. This, I mean, was, this was before we stuff. knew what a what a true El Pedro he, he really was. You yeah, know? <laughs> um, yeah. But uh, awesome. yeah, I, I will say. So we were at WrestleCon, and even though it was at like an actual con event where they were doing um, meet and greets, um, we met Hillbilly Jim just kind of like walking through oh, the yeah. the venue, yep. and he was like so friendly to us, and like you know, uh, our, you know, the fig god Jordan Wells was like, "Do you guys know him?" Because he was just talking to us, and you know, gave us a big hug, and like he was like super chill, <laughs> and you know, we were talking about Kentucky. We got the and same stuff. hometown. Yeah. And so, uh, yeah, it was really cool because, like I said, even though it was at like a meet and greet venue, like we didn't pay to meet him or, you know, wait in line or anything. We just kind of ran into him. And he just acted like he'd known us his whole life, you know, so yeah. super cool. Hillbilly Jim lived Jim. in the same neighborhood as, as my aunt and, as my, and his dad. And my dad. For, like yeah. basically like, you know, our whole lives. So, yeah, he's basically like, you know, neighborhood guy. He's basically family. Yeah, I've never. Yeah, I'm not sure if I said the uh, I'm not, I think I told this on the podcast about the about Marty Janetti. Did I tell you about meeting him at all? No. I mean, that's more of like a that's more of a Patreon episode. I don't think <laughs> I can fu- say it's it. It's funny this, because Seth's uncle met Marty Janetti at a bar, and it was kind of a similar experience. It was like, yeah, you know, it was, just he was to, he was completely trashed. I mean, he ended yeah he ended up hanging out and all that stuff, and yeah, it was this video. As long as, as he didn't well, murder anyone, so, you know, that's yeah, a, that's it's, a, yeah. I still have the video. Positive pretty, Marty uh, experience pretty fun but yeah well uh, we'll save that for for the patreon exclusive episode. <laughs> dark side of the podcast yes <laughs> uh, david brooks says how much ring rust if any do you think cm punk will have at all out i think it's going to be mm. a letdown I, I not that i think he's going to be bad in the ring Man. i just feel like there's absolutely no Man. way that he can deliver on the hype i think it's going to be similar to the scenario 
at WrestleMania 34 when AJ Styles and Shinsuke Nakamura faced off for the WWE Championship. The hype is just off the charts. Like, there's, I just don't think there's any way he can live up to the hype after eight years away from the ring. You know, luckily he's got Darby in there, which can, I feel like Darby is a great enough performer that he can mask some of the flaws, but, um, I don't, I don't necessarily think he's going to be bad. I just think it's going to be, I don't think it's going to be what everybody's expecting. It's going to be. So it could be totally different though. We, we forget that, um, punk has had extensive MMA training in between his yeah. time off. It wasn't like he's yep. just been like taking the freaking, you know, uh, <laughs> sitting on the couch eating freaking Maybe, tater chips. How did his two MMA? How did his two UFC? It doesn't matter. I, I'm, I'm, it doesn't matter if he if he competed with the guys who have been lifelong MMA guys. But that type of training and that type of like performance yeah. and like you know just that those type that those move sets that they do in MMA, I feel like that could really pay off in his performance in the ring. And you know, it, yeah. it, it actually showed up in his energy whenever he like when he scored off with Darby he had like a freaking like you know like when you see an MMA face off when they face off at like their weigh in and shit like that was the energy yeah. that he brought to the the face off with Darby and I feel like he didn't have that at WWE so like it, to no, me I feel not. like that um that's gonna play in his favor even if he's not like you know I mean doing 450 splashes or anything I just feel like at the, I feel like you know he's stronger and better and I think I think it's gonna be good I think it's yeah uh, I mean and he wasn't known for like the high flying and all that yeah. stuff he was more for, known for like that MMA style uh, fighting anyway, even before he went into MMA. If you, if you watch any of his earlier matches in, in the WWE, he did a lot of like, you know, like leg kicks and a lot of uh, MMA submission moves and uh, stuff like finisher. that. And yeah, the Anaconda Vice and stuff like that. So he has that like, he has that base anyway. And he does look great. Like, I think he looks good. Like, I think like physically he looks good. Like he like, yeah, like I body think he does type too. and everything. So yeah, yeah a lot better people- than he did. People then, were anyway. saying that he looked um, skinny or whatever, and I was like, "Dude, I think he looks. I think he looks way more fit than he did yeah, back no, when I he think was so at too. WWE. I think he yeah. looks like you know, um, he's got like old man strength at this point. You know what I mean? Yeah. <laughs> like I feel like he's <laughs> he's developed that uh, that you know geriatric strength. Um, yeah. But yeah, I think it's I think it's going to be good. I don't think. Yeah, uh, I mean, he he's probably going to have a little bit of ring rust, but I don't think he's just been laying. I bet he's been training. If he knew he was going to come back at this moment, yeah. I don't think it was like a surprise. So I can't imagine he's just been sitting around not training for this moment. Yeah, and if you're going to in a match with Darby Allen, you, you he's a cardio machine. He's flying yeah. all over the place. So you bet it. He he he's definitely. Uh, I'm hoping he's definitely going to be ready for uh for the for for Darby Allen just yeah. flying all over the place and. You know, letting loose. So I hope we'll it's see. good. I don't want it to. I I don't want it to be a letdown. Lot riding I, want, on I it. want it to be good because even as of, yeah. of as much shit as I've given Punk on the show, you know, just playing around and you know poking poking the bear. Um, I still want his return to be good, and I want yeah. you know him to him to show out and be happy working in AEW and the fans to be happy with it too. So, um, there is that. And then David Brooks says, for each of you. One pro and one con for the upcoming NXT changes, i.e. branding, talent, focus, Vince, blah, blah, blah. Um, what What's one pro and one con? I'll start with Marco. Hmm. Huh, one pro and one con. Yeah, uh, just what do you, what, what's one thing that you think you're going to enjoy about the new NXT and what's one thing that you are not going, that you think could be, could be problematic? Um, one thing I will enjoy is I think it will be, like we spoke about earlier, it will be a lot more positive i'll say a lot more brighter yeah. <laughs> than it's been previously um especially like i said just judging off the logo um i think it's gonna take it back to like the like the earlier days of the of the wwf like the early 90s it's gonna be a lot of like bright colors and a lot more upbeat than it was before that's the positive part of it um the bad thing is 
Vince and Bruce Pritchard, yeah. they might treat it like a Raw or a SmackDown. It might have that type of tone to it as far as like the storylines and the backstage yeah. segments go. But who knows? They might have a different idea with, with NXT. They might they might have like, you know, watched it like recently mm-hmm. and said, hey, we could do this instead of this. And it might be better. Who knows? I don't know. We'll have to see yeah. what the finished product looks like, but for that's me, the only thing. I for can me, one pro, away. I think, um, I think that they are changing it up. Like you said, they're they're rebranding and just kind of like bringing new energy. They they said they're kind of like getting away from like bringing the indie guys through NXT up to Raw and yep. SmackDown. So maybe they'll develop some talent that you know we didn't even know was, was possible. So they'll have a bunch of new homegrown yep. homegrown stars. Uh, the con to that is is that we all know Vince has a very specific type of person that he looks for. So I feel like that's really going to limit the the type of person yeah. that gets an opportunity in NXT which which notoriously yeah. NXT has been really great about bringing in the underdogs and the smaller people and the you know kind of like the weirdos or whatever you want to call them the yeah. outcasts and them really having a chance to get over and really you know be champions in NXT or be like the fan favorites in NXT whereas I feel like if Vince is in charge it's going to be like pushing the monsters you know on us all the time so um that's one con that I think what about you Sethy yeah. one pro one con and then that is the end of our listener mail yeah, I mean, I think the pros is a different feel. We've already talked about it a few times on this episode and last week that it had started to just get a little bit oppressive on uh, NXT, and we're gonna have a. It seems like it's gonna be a lighter, more fun feel. Um, but the con is like both you guys alluded to. There may be some really talented guys who just don't get an opportunity because they, for whatever reason, don't align with Vince's vision of what mm-hmm. a pro wrestler could be. So there's gonna be some really talented guys that fall through the cracks and end up having to make their way. Um, in AEW or Ring of Honor or Impact or, or somewhere else. It's not WWE. So that always kind of sucks. Um, but as long as Vince is in charge, that's kind of just going to be the way it is. Um, Gina, mm-hmm. remind the listeners where they can find you guys on social media. You can find me on Instagram at Chick Foley. Find Marco over on Twitter at Chick Foley Show. And uh, you can always join our Foley fam at com. We have a lot of fun stuff going over there just as a reminder. And yeah, that wraps this episode. We want to remind you guys use code Chick Foley to save 10% at Ringside Collectibles and shoot those uh, screenshots with proof of purchase using the code to Sheena and Marco to enter the giveaway for Survivor Series Elite Keith Lee. Marco, give us the closing words for episode 143 of the Chick Foley Show. Uh, Let's see. Don't hate the player. Hate the game. Well said. Oh, 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 oh,